0: Nightcaps come on, 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 nightcaps come come on, come come on, night Again, podcasting friends we used to know. Sitting at home, waiting for the world to end. Now that we're here, right in your ear, podcasting Zen. We got your pick, Netflixing trick from your past again. Send you our love, dumpster fire. Hook you up, we aren't liars. Everyone who chill and stay in, who with nightcaps. You know what sucks right now? Yeah, we know everything. Anyway, we here at Nightcaps at the Theater heard Scott Pilgrim is dating a high schooler and that there's more retro video game references here than you could shake a master sword at. Tonight we are watching the nerdy cult classic Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. We hope to have the answer for all your pertinent questions. Are you in lesbians with us? Is chicken really vegan? And does bread make you fat? Hop into our subspace highway and let's go for a ride. We are Nightcaps at the Theater and we are here to do podcasting stuff. One, two, three. My bar. ladies and gentlemen and all in between and welcome to nightcaps at the theater where we watch movies. So you don't have to currently number one 75 in Japan. <laughs> Woo. Baby. Why you Japan? I don't know. I don't know. Is that wait? Ho, ho,
1: ho, no, forget it. We'll get into that later.
0: No, I really, have a website. I have a website our progress and it's been, listen, it hasn't been positive mostly, but this was the greatest news that we've ever received. <laughs>
2: That is fantastic.
0: And I don't know why. I think it's because maybe I mentioned us on a, a certain other podcast that we'll get to. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to know who you're listening to, I'm Hey, hey, Mama. Say the way you move. Gonna make you sweat. Gonna make you groove. Jonathan Kwiatkowski.
2: Oof. And speaking of sweat, I am Matt. Ooh, welcome to the start of the summer movie season. How about that Black Widow last night? Was anyone expecting that ending, huh? Cabrera. <laughs> Hot
1: damn. Well, I'm, Mark, not the only thing that's leaking. Zebro
0: Jr. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, poor Trolls 2. Who would have thought Trolls 2 would have been the end of the movie-going industry, as we know it.
2: Well, Right, so it's not. It wasn't directly trolls 2. It was trolls to <laughs> emboldened Universal to to say, "Hey, you know what? For the future, maybe we're gonna skip theaters." And then the theaters, you know, rightfully so. I'm gonna stand by my man's. Rightfully so, they're like, "Hold on, you, you're gonna destroy us. We're your bread and butter, baby. We give you the. We give you the money."
1: You got your Woody um, Allen uh, impression on on par right now, Matt. (laughs) That wasn't Woody Allen. Oh, Woody Allen. uh oh These movie theaters, they don't want us anymore.
2: No, my my Woody Allen is, fuck my daughter.
0: (laughs) I was was about to say, my Woody Allen is, she's 12, uh, too old. (laughs) There's this old joke, these two women.
1: (laughs) I got nothing.
0: <laughs> That's where it uh, ends. I'm a pedophile.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, well, <laughs> I'm glad you're all here enjoying our quarantine. May it last forever. Yeah. May forever she rain.
2: Enjoying um, our jokes that uh, nobody's ever made before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're just here to offend. <laughs> That's all uh, we do yeah. and repeat. Um, we're continuing our Netflix and chill, Netflix and quarantine, movie Netflix going Netflixing. segment. Social Netflixing, yeah, that that's yes. the name we came up with. Sure, I need to start Included, using but not limited.
2: Social, including but not limited to Netflix and <laughs> Amazon Prime Video, and, and, uh, any
1: streaming platform. <laughs> and 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 this is also sponsored by Mark's Top Picks on Netflix.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, good boy. thing I good thing I cut off the conversation thirty minutes into that. <laughs> uh, save it for a moose <laughs> when we get there. <laughs> um, New segment. So. Before we begin, I did leave you with a few hints, and I'm Mm -hmm. sure you don't know what we're watching tonight.
2: Uh, I I couldn't even begin to guess. I have a handful of guesses.
0: (laughs) You have many? Well, I'm going to give you a few more hints. Okay. Um, The first one is what I left off the last episode at is, uh, bread makes you fat in the form of a question. Uh, The Mm. second is, we're going to get a little bi-furious tonight. And the hmm. third is this movie is recently celebrating in July, August. It's 10 August, year yeah. anniversary. August <laughs> you said, you said <laughs> that really self-assured, Matt. I
2: hmm. just, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well. so, so I have, all right. I was thinking I, I have a few candidates, a few likely candidates. My first, so, my first <laughs> guest.
0: Must we? Are, are,
2: are we watching Hot Pill Bum? <laughs>
0: No, not the porno okay. known as Hot Pilbum.
2: Okay, I, I got a second one. As are we are we watching Doc Williams, the 1930s country artist who fronted Doc Williams and the Border Riders, and who, despite performing for five decades, never had a national hit. No. <laughs> okay, one one more. Uh, right. One more out of a few more. Uh, are we watching? Pock will run an an unreleased diss track about West Coast rappers written and performed by the Notorious Big.
0: No, but these are you're getting warmer.
2: Okay, I think I'm getting close here. Are are we watching cop kill young? A celebrity-laden memorial service for teenagers who fell victim to police brutality.
0: Oh my god, you really worked on this bit, didn't you?
2: <laughs> okay, wait, no, I got one more. All right, I know one
0: more.
1: This is why Matt had to wait 30 minutes before we could all yeah, get together. He, he was
0: actually <laughs> writing notes! <laughs>
2: no, I, I, I know it. Okay, we're watching Plot Fill Fun, my new <laughs> YouTube channel where I identify plot holes in popular movies and try my best to show they're actually intentional parts of the story. The reason... R2D2 didn't just tell Luke about Darth Vader is because he was high and forgot. That is in the expanded universe, guys. Look it up.
0: Wow, mm. this I feel like I'm you... watching a Netflix special, right? Now. Somebody was on Twitter today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, no, that that yeah, that all came from my noggin. I, yep. I you know if it's not any of those, I'm stumped as to what it could be.
1: Yeah, um, Mark. Well, do you, I, do you I, have an I, idea? Well, I I I'm ranging a guess right now, but no, John. Can I hear those uh those hints one more time? Bread
0: makes you fat. In the form of a question, a little mm. by furious, and this movie is celebrating its 10th anniversary in August. Wow. Well, uh, since there's an
1: anniversary coming up, I've been seeing a movie, a certain movie that's been uh, coming on cable uh, on repeat. So uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, Bread makes you fat. There there's a lot of starving people in this movie. Everyone. Oh was no. Like, was, was just clamoring for food um uh mm. by furious i mean there was a lot of furious people in this movie uh, but then this and but this movie also shows very hot and heavy uh shower scene with a lot of uh scantily clad uh naked women oh uh, let's see uh are we watching schindler's list uh,
0: no unfortunately <laughs> it's not schindler's list ah <laughs> damn it oh. We went really dark for this episode, but it's okay. No, it's gonna we're watching. One. <laughs> Wait, it's going to get one what?
2: <laughs> <laughs> what? What? No, I said it's going to be a did light Did
0: you say? One. Oh, it's going to be a light one. I couldn't hear. Yeah. Um, no, we're watching Scott Pilgrim versus the World, sillies. Oh. I've never heard of
2: that in my entire yeah. life.
0: Who? Really? <laughs> I I don't believe that to be true because one of your favorite director directs this movie, Matthew. Uh,
2: you got yeah. me pegged.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Who's pegging? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Mark knows about this because this film is all about video games. Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah. There's, a lot, there's
1: a lot of video game references.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of the point of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so we're before watching we it Ralph. <laughs> no, but I would say without Scott Pilgrim, maybe Wreck-It Ralph wouldn't be a thing.
2: Maybe? Mm, I, well, I don't know. Because, I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. As, as, as we'll get into your notes. I believe this bombed.
0: <laughs> oh, it bombed. Sex-ba-bombed <laughs> at the, uh, the theaters. And I don't understand why. I think this movie, um, I chose it because, A, I really love this movie. Um, I think it's one of the most perfectly cast movies that I've seen in a long time yeah um, i would say
1: um i I, for me personally i i mean i don't know if if john i know you've read it already but uh i don't
0: know about matt
1: but i i got to binge the whole series uh in one go this week just in preparation for this
0: that's good so you you'll be um an expert on that i haven't read it in a few years but i did look online with all the differences and stuff so i'm glad you have fresh eyes to this um i I wasn't a
2: a third or fourth book but um I didn't end up finishing it. I know there are some differences. Yeah. Especially when it comes to the fifth and sixth books.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um I'm a fan of Brian O'Malley who penned the Scott Pilgrim series. Um I also Brian like his Leo other O'Malley. work. Brian Lee O'Malley, sorry. Oh, it's always the Irishman <laughs> that do it to me. <laughs> I think he's half Irish, half Japanese, if I'm not mistaken.
2: You died, Joe! I, I I think with that spelling, I, I think he's Chinese.
0: Chinese, yeah, it might be it. Might be Chinese. I'm not sure. Okay, no, Why is it gotta no, be it Chinese? Is it Japanese? No, it could be Japanese. Yeah.
2: Let me, let me, let me, let me fucking.
0: Well, let, I think let, it's let a Chinese, Japanese, Korean,
2: Korean.
0: <laughs> <Mark>. <laughs> dirty knees. Uh, we're all the same here.
2: <laughs> Indeed.
0: All right, so let's get into my mountain of notes. So just sit back and relax, and please feel free to interrupt if anything suits your fancy. So, um, a little background on Scott Pilgrim versus the World. After artist Brian Lee O'Malley completed the first volume of Scott Pilgrim, his publisher, Oni Press, contacted producer Mark Platt to propose a film adaptation. O'Malley originally had mixed feelings about a film adaptation, stating that he expected them to turn it into a full-on action comedy with some actor that he hated. Though, he also <laughs> didn't even care, admitting, I was a starving artist, and I was like, please give me some money! <laughs> uh <laughs> universal studios contracted director edgar wright who had just finished the 2004 re-release or uh, released *Shaun of the dead and agreed to adapt the scott pilgrim comics uh wright had first become interested in making the film when given a pre-release copy of the first graphic novel during the *Shaun of the dead press tour later stating that everything that he found interesting about the book and uh why it felt fresh and unique was irresistible to adapt In May 2005, the studio signed uh, Michael Bacall to co-write the screenplay.
2: Um, Mario
0: Bava's, yeah, I know, 2005 versus 2010, so a movie five years in the making.
2: And he did hot Um, fuzz in between those.
0: Yeah. He had a packed schedule then.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Mario Bava's 1968 film Danger, Diabolique, is uh, cited as an influence on his approach to Scott Pilgrim, very trippy, dreamlike. O'Malley was very involved with the script of the film from the start, contributing lines and adding polish. Uh, they would have the co-writers and O'Malley would have sessions in an apartment where they would just go through the script, reading it aloud together and then making different drafts of it. So I think that it's a very cool thing to have the, you know, the author involved in this process as well.
2: Yeah. It's very hands-on. I like it.
0: Yeah. During uh, due to the long development, several lines of various scripts were written by Wright and Bacall were used in later Scott Pilgrim comics the screenplay's hmm. second draft, which O'Malley said became the main draft for the film, was submitted right at midnight on the night of the writer's strike uh, in October 2007.
2: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So
0: no material from Scott Pilgrim's finest hour. The sixth Scott Pilgrim volume appeared in the film as the comic was not complete at the time oh, wow. of the film's production.
2: Yeah. I had no clue. That explains yeah. a, a good amount. Yeah.
0: O'Malley uh, contributed suggestions for the film's ending. So he had a vague rogue map of where the series was going to end or how he wanted it to end. uh, And he gave the producers the notes on his six volumes, still to be penned, but stated that the film's ending was their ending. Some ideas for the film's ending were cut before production, including um, Scott would turn out to be a serial killer who fantasized the the gaming aspects all along.
2: Oh. (laughs) I'm glad.
0: Which I, th- I, I mean, I think that would be a, a cool twist for the film, and that um, a certain Gideon would turn into a Transformer-style robot in the end. Uh, uh, I'm happy with the
1: direction that they went for th- with, the, with the with the movie, though.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I like it, too. too I uh, think... That's a little too like making Stan into a goldfish for me. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Ooh, we don't talk about that draft. <laughs> I hate that. Ooh, I hate that draft so bad. Oh,
2: I, I can respect <laughs> it, but I'm not sure I agree with it.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And I think this movie does have a poignant ending. There are multiple filmed endings. Unfortunately, since we're on Netflix, I can't show you my uh, limited edition Blu-ray copy of this with, with many uh, bells and whistles, but uh, well, we'll discuss it. Ooh. We'll discuss how yeah. we might have felt if we saw certain endings. One of the producers, Miles Dale, uh, not to be confused with Miles Davis, said the film is <laughs> the biggest movie ever identifiably set in Toronto. The film is not only physically set in Toronto, but also according to Alan Weiss... Culturally and temporally located within the annex of Witchwood neighborhoods of Toronto during the David Miller era. The time and place of a very specific music scene that the film embeds itself into, not only via Scott's fictional band Sex Babom, but also by the appearance of such clubs that are now defunct The Rocket and uh, the film's indie rock soundtrack. Vice oh, asserts yeah. the film uh, marks the mythalization of the cool annex scene, the transformation of Toronto indie rock into the stuff of adventure and as nearly all the major events are connected in some way to this music scene so if you're a a very big fan of uh, rock music in general or just a hipster as I know Matt is I think this movie (laughs) does speak to a lot of people in that way indeed yeah it's a very hipster music uh, almost a musical I would say Um, director Wright felt confident with his casting in the film saying that with hot fuzz, when they had great people in every single tiny part, it's the same with this movie. What's great with Mm -hmm. this is that there's people like Michael Cera and Jason Schwartzman and people who are up and coming at the time, including Anna Kendrick, Aubrey Plaza and Brie Larson. And then there's complete unknowns as well. So like, these are some of their first movies. This was Mm -hmm. some of their first movies, which is very interesting because they all rose to star potential. And Mew, from, too. Yeah, they went from C-list to A-list. They went from zero to hero. <laughs> Just like that!
2: They went from, uh... Fart to star.
0: <laughs> Is that
2: supposed and, to rhyme?
0: No, it was supposed wanted, to be the anagram, I think.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know, I wanted something. You you guys yeah. have cool ones. <laughs>
0: Um, Collider noted that less-known actors fit their roles well, with Wright confirming that they did not have as much pressure to find lots of big names, adding that Universal never really gave him any problems about casting bigger people because, in a way, Michael Sarah had starred in two $100 million-plus movies. I'm not really sure what he did. What was he in? I'm, I don't know.
2: I guess uh, super bad was maybe super. $100 million And yeah. what else? What else? Michael Sarah, huh. Juno? Oh,
0: yeah, I think Juno might have. Juno was very successful.
2: Yeah. All
0: right. And also lots of other people, though they're not the biggest names. People certainly know who they are. He also noted that while some of the actors were more famous when they auditioned, like Schwartzman and Evans, others became more well-known over the uh, time the film was in development, saying that Anna Kendrick did her first audition for it right before she shot the first Twilight. And... uh, she Aubrey Plaza. Yeah she, yeah. she Oh, she's in
3: Twilight.
0: <laughs> I that. And, and Aubrey Plaza, I think she no she, I, I don't want to put my Twilight info on blast, so I'm going to skip that fact. But um <laughs> and Aubrey Plaza got the part in Scott Pilgrim before she did Funny People or Parks and Recreation, which is crazy. It shows you right. how long this film has taken to get made. So it took 5 yeah, years, but in that span, these stars became stars. I'm um, glad
2: none of them fell off the project.
0: Yeah. Uh, The soundtrack features contributions by Radiohead, producer Nigel Godrich, uh, Beck, Metric, Broken Social Scene, uh, Cornelius, Dan the Automator, Kid Koala, and David Campbell. Uh, O'Malley had written a playlist for each of the comics in the back of the books, introducing Wright to other Canadian bands during development. Building on this, Wright said that the production tried to find a real band for each of the fictional bands because in music films, you have to have one composer who does everything. Wright and Godrich met and scouted bands to write for the film for two years. Godrich scored the film as the first film uh, as his first film score. So a very wow. successful outing, yeah.
2: It's really awesome. Yeah,
1: All right. Uh, I I think uh, the hold on. I think the Rolling Stones actually did a number in here too. Hmm. Under my under my thumb. Yeah, it's it's uh, one of the later tracks of the film.
0: Hmm. Yeah, you'll have to hmm. point it out. Yeah. Um, so, some critical response. You may be listening to these notes and saying to yourself, well, this sounds like an awesome movie. Why didn't it do so well? Well, <laughs> well, Mario and Peach uh, dropped a
1: sex bomb in the theater and, and uh, <laughs> skadooshed.
0: Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> so, the film premiered in Canada and Toronto on August 13, 2010. Plum Tree, who had broken up years earlier, got back together for a show at the event. In Japan... We see you, Japan. We notice our audience. Mm -hmm. Uh, The film premiered during the Yubari International Fantastic Film Festival on February 26, 2011. As the official selection, it was released to the rest of the country on April 29th, 2011. The film was widely released in North America on August thirteenth, 2010, opening in Mm -hmm. 2,818 theaters. (laughs) Guys, what's a movie theater? I don't know what that is (laughs) anymore. (laughs) Uh, The film finished... (laughs) Fifth on its opening weekend of release with a total oh, of 10.5 million uh 12.3 million when adjusted for inflation and by its oh God, second it weekend yeah of release it had dropped to the bottom of the top 10
2: jesus uh, God, what's wrong with people
0: yeah i don't understand it, it was ahead of the time Yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's, yeah, I think we can all agree on that. Uh, The Wall Street Journal described this as disappointing, and Ben Fritz of the Los Angeles Times said the film appeared to be a major financial disappointment. Universal acknowledged their disappointment, a lot of disappointment, like angry parents. We're not angry, (laughs) we're just disappointed in you. uh, Uh, At the opening weekend, saying that they had been aware of the challenges of broadening this film to a mainstream audience. Regardless, the studio's spokesperson said Universal was proud of this film and our relationship with the visionary and creative filmmaker Edgar Wright. So, yay! (laughs) Too bad Universal's not going to be shown at any more (laughs) AMC Pictures.
2: I wonder if Edgar Wright's next film is... uh being distributed by Universal.
0: <laughs>
2: mm. But that's that's cool. I'm glad they stood by the film. And yeah, uh, yeah now Edgar Wright's a success. So, yeah.
0: um, Edgar Wright has, they stated that Edgar Wright has created a truly unique film that is both um, envelope pushing and genre bending and when examined down the road will be identified as an important piece of filmmaking, which is what a lot of the retrospectives Uh, Channel it as, or, you know, they champion that this is going to be way bigger down the line, and it's ten years later, so I think it's about time. Nice. Um, Can you guess, there is one country that um, Scott Pilgrim was a huge success in.
2: Uh, Is it a country in which Nightcaps is also pretty (laughs) successful in?
0: Well, being that we're only successful in one country, (laughs) I Mm -hmm. don't think so.
2: Okay, so it's not that. Damn. Uh, I guess... It wouldn't be the UK, is it?
0: No.
1: Is uh, it like
2: a is it a small country that few people have heard of?
1: No. Is it a, a small country in uh off the coast of uh um no, I got nothing. <laughs> oh,
2: it's I not a small it country, it's a major country. Canada. No. Ah damn. So
1: you you would think, would support- no, you, I'm gonna take you a thing. I'm gonna take a shot in the dark. I'm, I'm gonna say
2: Sweden.
0: No, but Mark is closer.
2: Oh Switzerland. No? Norway.
0: (laughs) Let me give you a hint. Where can I get the best ragu from? (laughs) Italy? Yeah, this was a Hmm. huge hit in Italy, you bunch of (laughs) spinads.
2: Did they, like, um, did they recast it there or something?
0: No, in Italy, it saw evening plays in cinemas for a week before it being shifted to the main afternoon slot. One scholar has suggested that the flawed marketing plan that saw it framed as a children's film was the reason for the poor, uh, the poor box office performance everywhere else. But in Italy, all these fans were eating it up like a new plate of pasta on the table.
2: <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> It was marketed as a children's film. I don't don't remember that, but I was a child. I
0: think I think adults were like, video games.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I guess. Um, And now look at us all in our homes playing video games all day.
0: This is true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. On review aggregator website Rotten Tomatoes, the film has a score of 81% based on 264 reviews and is certified fresh, with the site's consensus saying its scripts may not be as dazzling as it is eye-popping visuals, but uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is fast, funny, and inventive. Peter de Bruges of Variety gave the film a mixed review, referring to the film as an example of attention deficit filmmaking, at both oh. its finest and most frustrating. Wow. wow. Peter de Bruges, who hurt you?
2: <laughs> I think he, he probably fell asleep and missed something.
0: I think he just needs some Animal Crossing in his life, that's all. <laughs> yeah.
2: Take things down a peg.
0: Yeah, so he said that the film was economical with its storytelling and successfully incorporated the many big fight set pieces, but that it missed opportunities to build Scott and remotest relationship, which I feel like this relationship is actually, like, a realistic relationship. <laughs> but that's just me. I, I don't know.
2: I guess that's kind of fair. I can see that. But, I mean, yeah. it's a movie. How We have so many movies trying to depict relationships. It's like, come, I, I'm done with it. Just give me oh, yeah. some fun. Yeah. And, uh... You just reminded me, Chris Evans is also in this. Oh, yeah. uh, He was pretty popular.
0: As Lucas Lee, baby.
1: (laughs) And uh, Um, Brandon Ralph, too, our our, our stand-in Superman at the time.
3: Who?
2: (laughs) (laughs) He didn't have any uh, arm reloading, so I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Not, Not my Superman.
0: I'm uh, going to beat you like a cherry. Oh, that's not the same movie. I just think every movie is that movie.
2: <laughs> every movie would be improved by that line.
0: Yeah. Uh, David Edelstein of New York Magazine also gave a mixed review, agreeing that Scott hardly seems worthy of Winstead's Ramona, which I agree, though he did think that the parade of supervillain X's is like a forced march. He felt that he had his fill of the fights and there were five X's, you know, still to go. So... Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that Wright and O'Malley, Lee O'Malley wanted to um, fix or add to, but they said like, you know, it had to be seven. It had to be seven.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there, there's a lot of going back and forth in the original uh, graphic novel. And because uh, like Ramona keeps like, keep, it's like, a little vague on that. Or it's like, it's like, yeah, six, seven, 11.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I, my mind changes all the time. Yeah, I have some funny notes about that, too. Mm -hmm. Um, A.O. Scott, who uh, made the film a New York Times critic pick, also reviewed it positively, suggesting it was the best video game movie ever, which I think still stands next to Pixels, of
2: course.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's my son! (laughs) Donkey Kong!
2: (laughs) Well, you're a Sonic hater, so...
0: I'm not a Sonic hater, I just stand Longclaw! I want Longclaw!
2: (laughs) (laughs) We'll get it. Sonic was yeah. successful enough that we'll get a claw spin-off.
0: Yeah, sure, Jan. <laughs> uh, Slate Magazine's Nick Shager also gave the film a positive review of 3.5 out of 4, with colleague Simon Abrams calling it the most visually exciting, funny, and emotionally involving studio-produced film of the year. Uh, Edelstein found the film's biggest issue to be Sarah's acting, saying that a different lead might have kept you laughing and engaged. Sarah doesn't come alive in the fight scenes the way Stephen Chow does in surreal martial art comedies like Kung Fu Hustle, with Honeycutt dissecting the storytelling and determining that Sarah doesn't give a performance that anchors the nonsense of the film. But I also think that's the way Michael Sarah acts. So He is a bit deadpan when it comes to some of his uh, acting. Uh, here, I think he shines
1: the most, I think. He actually gives off the mo- most like raw emotion, I think, from <laughs> any kind of production he's ever done.
0: Like he's know. a wooden board in the need of a screw <laughs>
1: because he's always been like kind of like a, a wet sponge, as, as I would kind of describe him as. Yeah. You know, he's always kind of like awkward and like it's very like, monotone and it kind of speaks under his breath.
2: I, I think yeah. he fits British humor more. I, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, really likes him because mm-hmm. uh, he's dry, he is, it doesn't really fit with American stuff all that much. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Another reviewer, White, wrote the uh, actors playing Ramona's exes all seem to be having a blast in their scenes. Brie Larson and Kieran Culkin have been frequently described as the f- uh, film's scene stealers as Envy Adams and Wallace, um, uh, Wallace Wells. Uh, Chris Evans and Brandon Roth have also been called scene stealers in some reviews. As a negative, another reviewer, De Bruges added that anyone over 25 is likely to find the film exhausting, like playing Ugh. chaperone at a party full of oversexed college kids.
1: I disagree.
2: I disagree. Well, as a twenty-six year old. I am also twenty-seven next month, baby. Oh wait, this month.
3: the man.
0: <laughs> Put him in the chair. Cheer. <laughs> 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 yeah play taps <laughs> all right uh shager wrote that edgar wright is an inspired mashup artist and scott pilgrim versus the world may be his finest hybridization to date saying that the film has become a melee heavy video game um it's been good um even the reviews they were mostly harsh when it first came out but now that people are looking back i think they're getting a more positive lookout on this film hmm. And um, one more section, popular response, before we start. After seeing the film at a test screening, the American director Kevin Smith said he was impressed by it and that it's spellbinding and nobody is going to understand what the fuck just hit them and that Wright (laughs) is bringing a comic book to life. Smith also said that fellow directors Quentin Tarantino, big fan of this film, and Jason Reitman were really into it. Uh, Carlo Gillis? A writer of Now and former lead singer of the band Plumtree also commented on the film as her band song Scott Pilgrim was the inspiration for O'Malley to create the series. Gillis felt the film carried the same positive yet bittersweet tone of the song. Several notable video game uh, film and anime industry personalities also praised the film after its premiere in Japan, among them being Hinobu uh, Sakaguchi of the Final Fantasy series, uh, Gochi Suda, Miki Mizuno. Um, Tomohito, uh, sorry, Tomohiko Ito, and Taco, uh, Taco, Taiko Nakano. Sorry about that. Taiko Waitoto? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Taco Nakano. No,
1: he used busy filming Green Lantern. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: In
0: June 2013, O'Malley, who is of Korean, there we go, and white <laughs> uh, Canadian parentage, stated that he regretted the fact that the film's cast was predominantly white, Um, Mm. and that there were not enough roles for minorities. Really, we only have Knives Chow and And um, Matthew Patel, I believe. That's it.
3: Right, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, In an editorial for Rotten Tomatoes, Nathan Rabin uh, wrote that the film has a cult following, and in a 2015 Met Film School feature, Danny Kelly listed it as one of the six most underrated films ever, stating it is a crime that more people did not go out and see it. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And some awards, this was actually nominated for quite a few, or barely, sorry, not quite a few, just just a few. few. (laughs) Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World has received many awards and nominations, and has also made the final shortlist of seven films uh, for nomination in the Best Visual Effects category at the 83rd Academy Awards, but it did not receive a nomination. It was nominated, but did not receive a nomination. (laughs) Uh, It won the Audience Award at the 2010 Lund uh, International Fantastic Film Festival, and the film has been placed on several top 10 films of 2010 list, including uh, number one by Harry Knowles and on several lists by Empire. Wow. Hmm. Yeah.
2: So I think that's the it, same year as uh, Inception, or maybe that was 2009.
0: Yeah. Maybe it was. Too- Guys, we're old. I remember seeing Inception in the theaters.
2: Yeah, I've been rewatching Community and they keep referencing Inception. And I'm like, <laughs> Damn.
0: Yeah, um, I did not see this in the theaters. I actually saw this in high school, probably when it first came out on DVD or when it was on TV. But I, I've been a fan since I've seen. It. I wish I would have seen this in
2: theaters. That's huh. Wow, damn. I guess we. Yeah. I guess I wasn't talking to you at that point. <laughs> yeah, school. I guess you didn't know me. <laughs> you, you just didn't want
0: to, man. Uh. Junior year, you must have just skipped the Jonathan boat. You said, "I can't take that boy." <laughs> no,
2: that was between sophomore and junior. But um, oh, yeah, yeah. I was so hyped for this
1: oof yeah yeah I think I cut it on television not not too long after it left theaters so like HBO time that's like roughly like six months I think nice yeah. mm-hmm.
0: all right so um any initial thoughts before we get in what do you guys think of this movie uh, I'm excited. Oh,
2: I am excited since you pointed out some of the criticisms earlier. Now, now I'm a little scared that I'm going to start um, agreeing with some of those. But
3: oh, no. I mean,
2: it's all good because I know this movie, I, I know it fairly well and I know it can overcome like, I, I, I don't think it's flawless, uh, but it's just so good and so unique and so well done and such a, a joy to to watch unfold on the, on the screen. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of this movie, but I guess that's evident. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I have I, I feel watched like it something for everyone.
0: Yeah, I have watched it like eight times in the past two weeks. So
2: yeah, that's pretty crazy. I have not come anywhere near that in my yeah, if, past ten years. If,
0: mm, if I have one complaint, and it's minor, because I, I really do like this film, I would say that it feels a little bit longer. Like this feels like a two and a half, a two and a half hour movie when it's like a little right. over or a little near two hours, but I, I think like the that. ending, I, I like it too, but when you watch it eight times in a row, <laughs> I'm funny. like, all right, I got it. But I did watch this with the director's commentary. I watched this with the online commentary. I watched this with my own commentary. I watched this vanilla. Oh, it was a lot, but I <laughs> hope that you enjoy the notes, that the little gems that I discovered while watching this. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, for me, yeah. I, I, I mean, I like this movie quite a bit. Uh, it's not without a shortcomings. I think like somewhere towards like the last act act of the film, they kind of like ramp things up to say like, okay, we got, we have to finish this movie. Uh, <laughs> but uh, And that also comes from just me like also like finishing uh, the, the graphic novel too. So it's like, oh, I could see like how this was, uh, they did this and that and why they need to like shorten up some characters time I yeah. think for screen. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I I like this movie. I like it quite a bit. Uh, Good. So um, like yeah, it's 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 been years since I just got to set, sit down and uh just watch it on my own. Uh, but oh, that's remember, great. But uh, I remember once it uh hit cable, and whenever it came on, I just I couldn't help but just like say, okay, I'm just gonna sit down and watch this and have a have a have a blast. And I can't yeah. wait, I can't wait to have that same feeling right now.
0: Yeah. And I really think you'll appreciate um something that I've noticed in these subsequent viewings is how close they are to the graphic novel's depiction of like literal scenes. Oh yeah like like Edgar Wright is such a, a cinematic genius, and I know that's that's Matt's usual line. <laughs>
3: but,
0: <laughs> but he does well, I feel like that's what your yeah. soul speaks to me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably.
3: I
1: mean yeah. the first two volumes are like like straight up like like what the movie like takes from, you know. Yeah. Um but like Uh, you know as like you know the film goes on they kind of like they they cut a few characters out and obviously that's that's understandable like they don't add too much i mean it's a little bit more sustenance for scott's character and ramona but that's fine i'm okay with that
0: yeah all right so without further ado do you guys want to watch scott pilgrim versus the world
1: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) oh well baby. Much like uh, Mark Zebro Jr I hear that Scott Pilgrim is dating a high schooler <laughs> Wait excuse me what huh who said what See you after the break <laughs> podcaps and fuck shit up, I guess. I don't even know. One, two, three,
3: four.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, so we just watched Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Any initial thoughts?
2: Boy, did he verse that world. I gotta pee on her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do gotta pee on her. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I... I mean, due to this Zencaster app, I got a, a track that boosted the background volumes about 10 times the actual sound. So I got a good listening to the background volumes.
2: Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. strange.
0: I mean, I did listen to this about eight times, so I was fine either way. But I got to hear that soundtrack and, oh, chef's kiss. It's good.
2: Nice. Dolly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Piano. Did you guys like this movie? <laughs> oh. Yeah.
2: Oh uh, yeah, it was good.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was all right.
2: Yeah, it was a, uh, it was
1: a nice trip down memory
2: lane.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, it really made me appreciate a lot of the the side performances a lot more too, especially now knowing like where they are now in Hollywood.
2: It is crazy. I was thinking that, like, uh, how Michael Sarah is the one person from this movie who's who's made it the least far. After it came out, I think. So sad. Yeah, but... I think he's, he's doing alright.
0: Yeah, he's got enough money. He's been on Broadway a couple times. He's good.
2: Oh, wow.
3: Yeah.
1: I'm pretty I appreciate sure the last he thing I saw. Was... I think the last I thing I saw think... him was Hot Ones. Ah. Uh, wow. Yeah.
2: I didn't think he was, uh, you know, like, vivacious enough for Broadway. <laughs> you, you gotta be big and loud right. on that stage.
1: Him and Chris Evans. I forgot about that. Mm. Yep.
2: But uh, no, it was great. Just, All right. just taking them down one by one.
0: <laughs> Killing so many people
2: oh per move. I... Michael
0: Thur's body count. It was in well, self
2: defense.
1: <laughs>
0: no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was. It legit I mean, it wasn't. wasn't. I-, I don't think it was. <laughs>
2: I I had that question has been burning on my mind for years, for for, I guess about ten years since this movie came out. Whether Scott actually, literally, barehandedly murdered in cold blood seven plus people,
0: according Um, to the director,
2: yes. (laughs) I I guess (laughs) that's been answered.
0: Yep. Woo! All right. Oh, I was
2: going to say by no fault of his own.
0: Well, that's my opinion no that's what happened in the movie yeah um let's get into the commentary shall we indeed <laughs> all right so i've got a lot of notes please interrupt me wherever you see fits um the commentary is provided by me the director slash co-writer edgar wright and michael mccall and author brian leo O'Malley on the same director's commentary track so very interesting
2: dope um mm.
0: The artwork um, for the film came from Brian's own reference, and actually a lot of locales in the film are inspired by places where Brian actually lives, so like his actual house, his actual apartment, actual streets in Toronto. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Hmm. Um, We open the film with a retro universal opening inspired by chiptunes and classical video game soundtracks, Uh, basically the whole movie, and... Um, Mark asked me, like, what video game is young Neil playing? And I said, oh, he's playing Link to the Past. 100% bet on it.
2: Yeah, it's crazy that you knew that just right off the dome.
0: Oh, I know. I'm I'm a Nintendo fanboy. Don't worry. I know. (laughs) Um, And we learned that Scott Pilgrim is dating a high schooler. He is 22 years old. He is currently dating Knives Chow at 17 years old. He is a member of the band known as Sex Babam. Another Nintendo effort uh, reference from the Mario franchise. Young Neil is playing A Link to the Past, as I said, on his Game Boy. Uh, we get oh, his DS. Well, no, he has a, a DS Lite. Yeah, you're right.
2: Don't you? Uh, don't you get all like uh, <laughs> elementary school teacher on me?
0: Put the Game Boys down. Put down the playstations. (laughs) The game boy and the
1: Pokemon and the sex bombs.
2: Oh, Pokemans.
0: The
1: Pokemon.
0: Pokemon. Uh Steven Stills is the talent slash band leader and he's at twenty-one years old. Kim is the drummer at twenty-three and previously dated Scott when they were in high school. This can be explored more in the lore of the Scott Pilgrim franchise. If you watch Scott Pilgrim the animation, you'll get a full-blown um basically trajectory of where their lives ended up. It's really interesting. It aired on Adult Swim, I believe.
2: Wow, so, I did not know yeah. that existed. Yeah, yeah it's on YouTube Now.
0: It's a good watch, too. It's a short it's like a 10-minute watch. It's it's really good. Huh. Hmm. I want to say it's also animated by Brian O'Malley. Brian Lee O'Malley. Shit, I'm going to do that the whole episode. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Let's just call him Blom. Blom?
0: Let's call him Lee. Lee? No, because we have another Lee in this movie. Come on, Lee.
2: That is true.
0: Uh, There's a great opening uh, with this expanding room and hallway as Knives watches Sex Bob-Omb and Raptured. Uh, Brian designed a lot of the props in this movie from mugs to the majority of Scott's Hmm. t-shirts. We get Weber, Pill, and Simmons as the members of Sex Um. Bob-Omb. Steven Weber... No, it's not Steven Weber.
1: Mark... uh, No, not Mark Wallace.
0: No. You're talking about the, uh, uh, what, producer, writer? No, I'm talking about... um, Fuck. Uh, Elite singer in the band who was in Green Room. I forget his last name.
2: Give me a second. Isn't that Stephen. Wait, the character or the actor? Yeah,
0: is it, is it Stephen Weber, the actor?
2: Yeah. Oh, I don't know.
0: Pause while more yourself.
2: researches. Yep. Yeah, we're <laughs> consulting the Nightcaps Encyclopedia.
3: I'm
1: just yeah. up there. <laughs> it's loading. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a lot of pages uh... to get through.
0: It, it, Mark Weber, I was right. Mark Weber, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. he's great in this movie. I love him. Mm-hmm.
2: Not to he's be so confused good. with uh, Mark Webb, the director of those all those Spider Men's.
1: No, that's yeah. got to be a different different web web slayer.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, the members of Sex bob om all have to learn to play their respective interest, uh, uh, oh, instruments, <laughs> and they spend time rehearsing as a band with Sarah, who already played the bass before filming began. Um. Chris Murphy of the band Sloan was the guitar coach for the actors in the film. The actors also sing on the film soundtrack. Beck wrote and composed the music played by Sex bob in this film. The songs took two days to write and record with Beck saying that it needed to be underthought, They had to be funny and he also wanted them to sound raw like demos. Yeah. Brian the Barton plays drums and bass for the band. In the film score and soundtrack two unreleased songs can also be heard in the teaser trailer. Oh,
1: uh, no, um, Mark Weber has been in a previous episode of Nightcaps of the Yeah, Nightcaps.
0: no, because we definitely mentioned him because I was no like, I, yeah, no, he oh, was in wow. Snow Day and I was like, I love this kid from Green Room. Yeah, so <laughs> a Nightcaps <laughs> alumni. He, he, he thought she loved whales, but in fact, she loved zebras. Oh, <laughs> man, and my relationship with him grows. I just love him in this movie, too. Yeah,
2: yeah nice. he's a riot. Yeah, yeah he's could.
0: like, the anxious band leader that we all need to learn to love. Mm. Um, I also put down there's amazing opening credits here. We've got an incredible cast. Um, the opening credits were meant to symbolize Sesame Street, and Tarantino suggested that the opening credits proceed in this format.
2: Interesting, yeah. I, I don't know about Sesame Street, I never really watched it.
0: You've never watched Sesame Street? I can't can't remember the
2: the opening credits to Sesame Street.
0: Sunny day (laughs) Jason. I know that, but I don't think they had
1: like vibrating textures.
0: Yes, they did. It was fun. Really? Yeah. The old retro Sesame Street. You know, before your kids were born.
2: YouTube now. Back when all the back when (laughs) all the creatives were on LSD.
0: Yeah, back when I was born in the nineteen seventies.
2: <laughs> Can you tell me how to get how to get to Sesame Street? Okay. I think uh, Prince does a cover of that.
0: There's
1: the wow. nineteen sixties to the twenty tens intro Sesame Street
0: here. Oh boy. Yeah. It's just a bunch of kids playing on a jungle gym. <laughs> it's the same thing we saw, Mark. No. <laughs> Um, we also get, uh, Knives Chow saying so amazing. Your band is so amazing. And we get introduced to Wallace Wells played by, um, another McCulkin. Yeah. McCulkin's sibling cousin. I don't know. Straight off. Uh, no, it's, it's his brother. All right. And he does pretty good. I I think I would have liked this Culkin a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I do. I do appreciate. Now, once we get to this, it's pretty much a, pull right out of the uh, graphic novel from what how the apartment looks to like from the ex- exterior to the interior and how like it draws on the details like what, <laughs> what Wallace owns and what Scott owns and basically what Wallace owns everything that's <laughs> in the apartment aside from the clothes lying
0: lying on the floor yeah and mm-hmm. this um was actually based on mm-hmm. yeah yeah um and it's based on Brian O'Malley's Brian Lee O'Malley's, Um, he had a gay roommate that he didn't sleep in the same bed with, but a lot of this film is taken from his actual experience, and a lot of his uh, graphic novel is taken from it, so he had a gay roommate that basically shared everything in his apartment, and this resembles his old apartment, like, to the T, he said.
2: Wow. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we then get introduced to Stacy Scott's older sister, who's played by Anna Kendrick, Ooh. and this is based on Stacy Brian's real sister.
2: <laughs> hey, <laughs> wow! Look at that.
0: Yeah, and Anna Kendrick—I'm telling you, she's good in this movie. I love her.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like Anna great. I like her as an actress. I don't I mean, think I've ever. Oh, sorry. I, I, well, I don't think she gets like challenging roles or anything, but um, I don't know. She's she's a uh, pleasant to watch on screen.
1: Yeah, she always seems to just be playing Anna Kendrick, and I'm fine with that. Although I hate well, her in those
2: hotel commercials. Ugh. Uh,
0: I mean, I hate her in Pitch Perfect, but she's a Broadway baby, so... <laughs> I think she's fine in Pitch Perfect. Uh, Ugh. <laughs> Miss Mad Max for that bullshit. I never... Let it down! <laughs> oh, uh, Apollo. Oh, well, um... Yeah, we've mentioned this on the podcast previously, how I missed a Mad Max screening to go see Pitch Perfect 2.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Oh, okay, yeah. It's my
0: darkest my darkest secret. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Um I put down that Michael Sarah is perfect casting. Uh he plays Scott Pilgrim to a T. Yeah. Uh he's he feels a little bit
1: dweeby-esh to me though. Oh. I I I don't. I don't really consider him to be like a ladies' man here at, at all. Though I mean, no, not we, at all.
2: Once no. we get
1: like, especially once we get to um, uh, envy, it's like yeah. wow, it's like it landed that.
3: I yeah, mean, yeah, a, lot,
1: a lot of that like shines in and and here in the graphic novel as well. But uh, still, at the same time, like I don't. I never considered Michael Sarah to be a looker. <laughs>
2: in, all, in, in all fairness,
0: <laughs> you don't like bean poles. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's charming in a sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, he, he 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 strikes me as a baby giraffe.
2: He's kind of what you settle for after all the exes and stuff.
1: I mean, there is a certain charm about him, which you know, I I will give him credit for that. But uh, other than you know maybe looks department, I don't know. Looks, he looks like a fucking white boy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there. I mean, I've seen better white boys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's true. Uh, so I, Scott's
2: I, I character here, I, I, it's good. It's good for the most part. Sometimes he plays them a little, a little weird. Like I don't know if it fits the the style that much. But also I don't know if that's what they were going for. And yeah. I, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. I'm, I'm thinking they wanted to go a little like off kilter. Sometimes I, it's hard to even describe. It's just like his delivery of certain lines mm-hmm. doesn't gel with like the rest of what's happening in the world of the movie, but yeah. it also kind of feels like it's supposed to be coming from that outsider perspective or something.
1: I think yeah. a lot of it comes down to his line delivery, uh, which then goes to a lot of his awkward posture. And, and and like when he's like leaning up against like furniture and like walls, <laughs> and he's like making circles with his fingers like, Oh, <laughs> it's hard. And I, I don't know. It, it, it kind of, I don't know it's a little eerie for me, like yeah. opposed to like how he reacts later on in the movie, where he's he's saying all all these kind of like full lines of dialogue, and it's like really believable. <laughs> and then it's like, mm, yeah, it's like, mm, yeah, whatever. And it's very awkward. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Some, some just some of the line deliveries don't
0: sit well for me. Mm, I agree, but I think he he fills the role well. Mm-hmm. If that yeah. makes any sense. Um, so we previously find out that Scott dated lead singer of Clash of Demonhead, Head, Envy Adams, played by Brie Larson. We then get Ninja DDR with Knives, to which Mark said, look at this real game.
3: Yeah, <laughs>
0: This was kind of a lame arcade, to be honest with you. It's very mm-hmm.
1: empty. Uh, every, all, everything's very s- spread out. More like, You would see a lot of arcade cabinets maybe more closer together. My yeah. and, uh, my own opinion, but arcades are also dying, so maybe that's just kind of a uh, par for the course.
0: Yeah. Um, Edgar I writes...
2: I, I would certainly prefer that if uh, arcade cabinets were not that close. I want to <laughs> be uh, elbow to elbow with some uh, some of these players. You well, know. you don't have to
1: be that close. I mean, <laughs> I, I've been to some like some some barcades and uh, you know, like people are just having a good time, like having some beers and whatnot, shooting
2: the shit. Uh, they they were
1: intimate. Oh, I had a crowd. I, I, I had a small crowd forming around me while I was playing Galaga once.
2: <laughs> nice.
1: And that was the greatest moment of your life, Mark. And uh, yeah, and that's how I lived. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, what? There goes one great man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mommy, mommy, who's that sweaty man playing Galaga? <laughs> Just get away from him, dear. <laughs> Don't look.
2: <laughs> yeah, avert your eyes, son. <laughs> Call the police. <laughs>
0: Um, so Edgar Wright included the scene against the producer's wishes because they wanted to explain the fighting going on in the film. Mm. And essentially with knives and Scott play fighting in this video game, it, 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 it convinced them that Scott was a trained <laughs> assassin, essentially. Ah, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Cause that is kind of a question that you have. It's like, oh, I wasn't expecting him to, um, uh, just have this physical capacity. Yeah. yeah. Cause at the same time he's
1: asking questions like, Oh, you have mystic powers and blah, blah, blah. And then like dragons are forming out of, you know, like sound waves. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's just, you know, like, yeah, you know, don't think about it too hard. And it's, yeah. it's really not for that. For, uh, <laughs>
0: you're not supposed to think about it. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I put down that the pair has great chemistry, Scott is oblivious and a douchebag. We get this Paku Paku slash Pac-Man origin facts and uh they Thank eventually grandpa. A... <laughs> thanks grandpa <laughs> wait I didn't tell you about the frog who tries to cross the street Ugh. <laughs> um we also get Aubrey Plaza as Julie she's a popular girl always constantly working every different job she's got a foul mouth to Scott uh, Scott lives in an apartment right across the street from his old house no parents <laughs> <laughs> We get the flash to the in-between slash interdimensional space highway. We oh, get yeah. Ramona Flowers, Delivery Girl Skates By, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. More perfect casting because she's a dream. I yeah. fucking love her. Yep. Yeah.
2: I love it. She's a ever, dream.
0: Yeah, ever since I saw Fargo, man, she she kills it. <laughs> I think this... Oh, no. Sky High was the first time I saw her. <laughs> Sky High? Yeah. <laughs> ah! I hate that movie. Here's the dreamboat. Yeah.
2: What? What's that other movie that's actually good? Uh, oh, I, I know what you're talking about. No, I thought it was Sky High. Is that, is that Lord, Lord and yeah. Miller?
1: That's the Superhero Academy. That might be Broken Lizard. I don't know. There's Because there's a lot of people in that movie that, that could have some kind of relations with each other.
3: Ooh, Bruce,
1: Camp- Bruce Campbell's in that movie. Some, uh, some kids- <laughs> yes, daddy. <laughs> some, some kids in the hall people are there too. Tom Kenny's there.
2: Oh, Sky High was not Lord and who was what? What the hell is the name of that Lord and Mitchell movie? I, I think, I mean, you've Mitchell.
1: got Google while I
0: while I talk, Max. I,
2: I think you mean, uh, 21 Jump Street.
0: Uh, I just know her from Fargo. That's all. Lord she was also
1: in the Thing uh, prequel.
0: Oh, she was! Mm-hmm. Fuck, man. She
1: was in everything. Yeah, well, that movie wasn't really good. Oh, Clone
2: yeah, but... High. It was Clone? a show.
0: Clone High? She wasn't in
2: that show, really? Who was she, Joan of Arc? <laughs> no, no. I was thinking of that Lord and Miller uh, credit. they oh. are the people hey. who created that show. Because whenever I hear You're Sky right. High, she I, like think old movie. I think of Clone High. Huh. Huh. she was in a yeah. what else uh 10 cloverfield lane she was there. yeah
0: that mm-hmm. yeah that's her that's
1: how many degrees, degrees I? away from uh mary elizabeth winstead are we
0: <laughs> i mean i think we're all three fans of her so that's all we can say yeah she'll she'll
2: join us on the podcast soon enough oh
0: yeah <laughs> i hope so you're uh, welcome come on mary <laughs> 175 in Japan, baby. <laughs> how's how's Ewan doing? Uh, so Ramona's gonna be at this party, and they are directly recreating panels from the graphic novel yeah. exactly as Ramona and Scott talk, even with like this a uh, light switch that's up on the wall, mm-hmm. like where <laughs> it shouldn't be, but it's exactly as it is in the panel.
2: And I never thought about that.
0: It's crazy. Um. This is a real library slash all boy school in the next scenes where we see knives going to school and uh, getting Scott to take her to the library. Um, there's an L in the back that turns this flight center into a fight center, which is meant to be like a street fighter parallel. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of little details in this movie that I enjoy.
3: Yeah. yeah nice.
0: And If you haven't noticed, the action is set in Canada. Ramona is American, and this gives her special powers in this universe. (laughs) Uh, Scott has no girlfriend in over a year. Julie blips, and we get the dialogue. So at this party that they attend, um, the director wanted to take movies that were reminiscent of John Hughes, American Graffiti, Say Anything, and take the dialogue exactly from these movies as long as it was involving the keyword of fights. So, this dialogue is ripped directly from John Hughes' movies huh. and such okay, I, want to I,
1: like talk, I want to talk about the transitions real fast because it goes from like uh like Scott like staring off in the space where then like he gets interrupted by uh, Steven Stills yeah into, into them and it's like, "Oh, what party are we going to?" And then it cuts to him like, oh, we're going to this party, and they're, like, right outside as they're, like, discussing it. I love it. It's like, like real life. To, like, him inside, like or, like, him at saying that this party's gonna suck, and him saying that as they're in the party talking yeah. to young Neil. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's it's very clever stuff. I, I always like that kind of um, filmmaking process.
0: Yeah, and I but, like how our main characters are just staring into dead space. Like, we see Kim in the background, mm-hmm. and she's just looking forward, like, I I love that and it's like it makes them stand out for no reason
2: <laughs> Yeah you see a lot of them in the background too I've noticed uh, young Neil a couple times
0: yeah mm-hmm. um, we put down that Scott is good with Kim now <laughs> and Kim <laughs> shows her seething rage We get the hint of G- man who turns out to be Gideon later on he's a record producer mm-hmm. and sex Babam wants to uh, woo G man for recording contract. Scott needs to break up with knives, and he can't be fooling around with two girls at once. And or can um, he? Well, hmm. I don't listen. I don't like Scott Pilgrim as a character. Oh, I really course. don't.
2: You're not yeah. supposed to. I think the movie uh, it, well, it kind of There's that are clear. Like it hints at it, but it doesn't go far enough. I think.
1: Yeah. The beginning. There, I. There's a lot of stuff cut for time. I can see that too. Here, I mean, like. I'll, the movie really paints him out to be a, like a total douchebag, but there's a lot of like redeeming qualities about him too. Like further down the line, especially when like Envy comes back into the picture, and like how his heart was broken, and that that kind of like helped him turn to an even bigger douchebag. Mm-hmm. But also, you have to think about the previous relationship he had with Kim and how that ended, and how he was kind of oblivious to how how she may have felt. Yeah. So there's a lot of that going on.
0: Um, Wallace comes home and he he was actually um, this McCulkin brother he was famous for doing a lot of uh, fun tricks on set so like mm-hmm. the trick where he like slaps the back of his hand and throws keys into Scott's head mm-hmm. is actually a real bar trick that he would do like 100% of the time and hit Scott like the target 100% <laughs> of the time so that's interesting but Fair he shows tricks. up and that's they huge, have they himself have get out on. of bars. Yeah, but I, I it's a fun trick.
1: No, that's how I get thrown out of bars, I said. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Don't let this man back in here. He thinks he's cool.
0: No, no I it. swear. <laughs> I'm cool. <laughs> I threw up in Mark's shoebox, but I swear I'm cool. <laughs> it wasn't my shoebox. I know. Luckily, it was a dad's shoebox.
1: <laughs> I threw up in John's uh, can, though.
0: Don't worry, the can lives.
1: Oof! <laughs> I'll burn, burn that.
0: Hey, I, I'm I don't use the can.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of can.
0: Oh. <laughs> so, Stacey immediately knows uh, what's going on because Wallet Wallace uh, texts her <laughs> through Wallet. text her through ESP. Uh, Scott orders something so Ramona will deliver it and he patiently waits by the door and he receives an email through AOL instant
2: message. Now this joke about uh, waiting for Amazon, I like it. I like it as a joke, but I don't, it's always felt out of place to me.
0: What do you mean? That's exactly what I do when I get Amazon packages still.
2: Well, to me it just kind of I don't know, it, it paints Scott as like, I don't know, I'm desperate, confused by this character. Because, yeah. Um, he's, you know, he's kind of techy, he's kind of, well, no, he's kind of geeky, but he's not at all techy. And that, to me, is just like cognitive dissonance.
1: I think it's that's like, just laziness. That comes Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, laziness comes uh, here and there as a theme for, for Scott as well. You know, he gets called lazy ass later on in the movie.
2: Oh, yeah. No, Um, I totally buy that.
1: But, like, also, like, he doesn't, like, pick up after himself. He doesn't, like, do this or that. Yeah. He's a shit show. Yeah. Yeah, Like, oh, you may, like, he may think he likes his game, but at the same time, like, does he know, like, every in and out of that aside from just knowing what Pac Man that comes from? Yeah. You know, maybe it's just a clever way of picking up a girl. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, we get this email about the seven X's that Scott skims through but ignores, uh, because he's bored. Scott is clearly distracted, not in sync during DDR with knives anymore. Knives Chow is actually inspired by Brian O'Le's original. Nope. Um, <laughs> did I what, Brian Lee O'Malley's? There you go. All right, there we go. Um, he knew a church director by the name of Niev. And that's stuck in his head as Knives. And also once Brian had a girlfriend pull a knife on him. oh, mm-hmm. So he had Knives stuck in his head when he invented Knives, the character. Wow.
2: Oh. I like it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: there's this battle of the bands <laughs> that Sex babum has entered. We get Imperial Otter slash Brian Real. Okay. So Brian had a real band by the name of Imperial Otter and this was an actual battle the band's experience that he went through uh we see the great fairy fountain music again and this door dream as ramona arrives and delivers scott package uh scott's package this had to go through about 36 takes i want to say of him throwing it backwards into the garbage can but they eventually did it (laughs) and it's available on the blu-ray all 36 takes of this nice Uh, Scott and Ramona go on the date in the snow and I said that this was total sunshine and the spotless mind vibes going on here
1: yeah I could see that yeah I mean she's got the dyed hair and like he's a little bit awkward I actually
0: like that movie a lot too so
1: I don't think I've ever seen it (gasps) it's Jim Carrey I know I I haven't seen everything Jim Carrey I would like like to (laughs)
0: Um uh Ramona dated Gideon, but has been avoiding him, moved here to get away. And I put down that this scene was kinda cute. I really like their relationship in the scene where they're sitting on the swings and going back and forth, and on the Blu-ray they've got like six different cuts of this one scene, just adding slightly more. So I think they mm-hmm. knew that this was a, a powerful scene.
2: Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, we're back at Ramona's and she has her whole team monologue. You know, we can get Sleepy Time, Liver Buster, Earl Grey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, they kiss and make out. Scott invites Ramona to see his band play at the Rocket, which is a real Toronto establishment. Uh, later at the Battle of Bands versus Crash and the Boys. Um, we get this: these two bands battling. Brandon Canning and Kevin Drew of Broken Social Scene wrote all the songs for Crash and the Boys. The tracks were sung by Eric Knudsen, who plays Crash in the film. Drew stayed the reason behind this was because he knew Knudsen didn't need to be a singer to pull it off because the songs were so quick, punk, and fast.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, I do love some yeah. Broken Social Scene.
0: Yeah. yeah. Same here. And I love this. It's like, I fucking hate you and die. I fucking hate <laughs> you and die. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Um, stacy is with boyfriend jimmy who wallace has a habit of stealing knives is there and kisses scott in front of everybody o'malley uh is shown with his drawing referenced so when they're referencing crash and the boys those uh it's like a yeah illustration that steven is flipping through are actually o'malley drawings yeah so that's very interesting um we get the I am sad, so very, very sad song. Jake in first draft, sex ba-bomb, intro only to show knives saying you guys rock. What mm-hmm. does that what does that mean, guys? What did what did I mean when I wrote that note? What?
2: I don't know
3: what
0: that
2: means. Re- repeat it, please. Yeah.
0: Jake in first draft, sex ba-bomb. Intro only to show knives saying you guys rock. Oh okay i remember what this means okay. so originally in the first draft of this script they were going to have sex babam start a song but then someone go oh my god those guys are amazing in like a cut and not show the actual song so for uh, knives we get like hmm. the, oh my god they were so good but they actually um they all wanted to show this incredible talent this singing that's actually going on
2: okay Cool. Yeah. I, I yeah, you know, I kind of enjoy the the joke that they thought of, but I, I think it flows better if they actually show it too.
0: Yeah, I, I think it works better because it's actually good music too. Like if it was a bad band playing, then it's a yeah. different story. Yeah. but but they wanted that joke first, but in the second draft they said no, not happening. <laughs> <laughs> so Scott needs to stop Knives from talking to Ramona. They play Sex bomb plays Garbage Truck and Matthew Patel arrives and fights Scott out of the blue, Street Fighter style.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, watch out! <laughs> watch out, Scott! There's that one guy!
3: Yeah.
1: I like that little bit of interruption there.
0: Oh my god, I love Wallace Wells. I oh, think yeah. he's the spirit animal. <laughs> Uh, We get a a 64-hit combo. one of Ramona's seven evil exes. Spotlight on Ramona. They dated in high school and kissed only once. Uh, Street Fighter served as an inspiration because Brian's girlfriend, now wife, dated three Matthews. Matthew, this may interest you.
2: Interesting.
0: So Matthew, originally all of the seven evil exes were going to be named Matthew.
2: (laughs) (laughs) As if she
0: only dated Matthews. That's
2: Mm -hmm. pretty funny.
0: Yeah, and since we know a Matthew, I thought that would be uh topical yeah, <laughs> to we... add to our little podcast. Matt, you uh, would have been the star of this film.
2: We yeah. do get into those genes, don't we?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs>
2: Visit uh, our r slash Matt, the subreddit. It's a good time there.
0: Oh my god, that's not a real subreddit. It,
2: no, it is, and it's very wholesome and delightful. I hate you. It's really good. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? Yeah, like the most popular posts there are like, "Hi, oh, it's my birthday today," and everyone's like, "Wow, congrats! Have a great day." Cool,
0: Matthew. I hope you're cool.
2: Oh, and they also they also have like their own inside jokes and lore. Like they hate people named Chad. I mean, that's kind of a general <laughs> thing, but it, 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 yeah, it was, it was pretty early going in R slash Matt, and uh, they also hate people that spell our names with one T. But who would do were, that? <laughs> Oh, I oh, oh! So many people, and it is the Mark. Most you're like the least thing. one to
0: speak on this.
2: <laughs>
0: There's people who spell Jonathan with an O N at the end, and I don't know
2: how to feel about them. Look at this. Okay, look at this fucking post.
3: <laughs> you got the,
2: the title is Matt's music taste, and the, the, the body is. Hey, Matts, how's it going? I was just wondering what fellow Matts like to listen to. Hope y'all are doing good.
0: Oh my God!
2: <laughs> there are a hundred and twenty-seven comments on this post.
0: Fuck. Well, there's no Jonathan subreddit, so I can't comment. Maybe Mark. Mark will have a subreddit. I, no. I,
1: I, I, I can. I, I highly doubt it.
0: <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. There's lots of marks. Oh, hey, Mark.
2: I'm telling you, there's something in the water with uh, with these mats. I love it.
0: Oh, man, there should be a council of mat. <laughs> uh, we see Matthew Patel's mystical powers, Bollywood style, succubus, demon, hipster tricks. Uh, Michael actually kicked in the throat by a stunt double. This scene, <laughs> but was cool about it. So, <laughs> Michael Sarah actually did his own stunts, was kicked in the throat by a <laughs> by a person, but was cool about it. That's pretty and said cool. it, Yeah, he said it didn't actually hurt, but Ooh. he got kicked in the throat. Oof.
1: I like, yeah. that. I like that. That happened to uh I think, when I used to do karate.
3: Hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they were pretty bad. When you were a master of the,
0: the ways of karate. <laughs> I, that's right, when I was a master of the white belt. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, Brian thought it was weird at first to see animation throughout the live action, but eventually he grew to accept it. There's fireballs, Scott hits Matthew Patel with a cymbal, and in video game fashion, he explodes into loose change. And let me tell you, this is my favorite effect of the movie.
2: (laughs) Just uh, the people turning into loose change.
0: Yeah, I, I I love the way they stage this, especially later on, with their like dead bodies and they form the outline of Loose Change.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's how you know he's actually murdering these people. Yeah, with families presumably leaving behind wives and husbands and children. Yeah.
1: I I do dig the uh, internal monologues that are happening here. I'm I'm getting very anime uh, DBZ vibes out of it. It's like, oh no, how can this be? On no, yeah. the brink of death, where it's like, oh man, Goku just nailed Frieza.
2: Yeah. Ooh, I've seen that pen time before.
1: <laughs> oh, no, no, I wasn't going in that direction. <laughs> oh no,
0: now I'm going to Google it.
2: Yeah, you have to.
0: <laughs> there is a secret celebrity in this movie, so I want to see if anyone noticed. Who do you think the KO voice was?
3: I. Hmm.
1: Uh, you know what it has? K O. It's got to K-O. be someone from uh, uh, dead or alive. No. No.
0: It's uh, like a celebrity. I celebrity mean... It's a celebrity. I'll tell you. It's someone from SNL.
1: Andy Samberg. No. Damn, that was my that was my one guess.
2: Lorne Michaels. No. <laughs> no.
0: I will uh, tell you, it's um, none other than Bill Hader
2: as the KO voice. Oh, wow. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that.
0: Yeah.
1: Huh. Yeah, I, I could believe it. Uh, Bill Hader's a man of many voices. That is yeah. true. Uh, and his, uh, his Fred Armistead is uh, on point. <laughs>
0: uh, we find out that Ramona can only be dated if you defeat her seven evil exes. And we get the biggest laugh in the film, according to everyone involved in this. And we get the Seinfeld opening for no fucking reason. I'm not a Seinfeld fan. This never gets me. But uh, everyone else was. You and,
1: yeah. you
2: and
0: but, Mark were dying! I, yeah, I, I kind of forgot
1: that happened. And, it's uh, so it got, good. It got me going.
2: Yeah. It's so, like, just crowd pleasing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty relevant, too, since uh, Jerry Seinfeld has a new special coming to Netflix, or it already, already came
2: yeah I gotta check it oh, out oh
0: boy uh, Wallace offers an ultimatum break up with knives or I will tell her about you and Ramona we then get Lucas Lee in his Spike marathon because Spike was the only um, American <laughs> news broadcast system that allowed their image shown in this movie really <laughs> yeah. it
2: fits, though, because I mean that's exactly the type of channel you would find a Chris Evans movie on
0: it it literally like the is character uh,
2: he plays maybe yeah. TNT yeah, yeah Spike I, or TNT I think uh, they
0: might have tried for TNT but it's
1: not offered in Canada I'm I'm pretty <laughs> sure they had the Blade TV show at this time Ren and Stimpy uh, move networks they had uh, maybe Barbarella which was, which was the uh uh the Pamela Pam Anderson, Anderson. yeah, yeah. The Pam Anderson cartoon
0: I'm I, familiar I remember that
1: yeah. and then I think they they moved um that uh. Uh, Ultimate or the Don't Get Eliminated show that show from Japan, but they had the American dub
0: uh,
1: over it. Yeah. it I forgot T- what it was
2: called. Total MXC or something. That's it. Oh, I yeah. loved that. That was what I, I watched as a I, kid. I, yeah, loved I love that too. too. Holy shit! That was oh, oh wow. That yeah, was I mean, that yeah. That's what Matt, I'm there up with on. you.
0: I used to watch that <laughs> religiously.
2: Good lord! Every time I would have a cousin, uh. A cousin? No, a sleepover with my cousin. That, that would you be like and
0: your many watch. cousins. You had <laughs> yeah. 10,000 cousins. <laughs> I, would
2: just, I would love when a
1: contestant would just pop up there and go, like, I'm fighting for my family's freedom. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: uh, it's true.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they don't make them like that anymore. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm going to so... watch it after
1: this, too. Damn, that's a throwback. I oh, think yeah.
0: we need to watch that, yeah. That's true. Let's have a, spe- let's have a special. Let's have a watch-along. <laughs> Bitch, I gotta edit this episode, and by edit I mean listen to it once, post it on the, the pod bean, and be good. Well then you're uh, good to go. Yeah, well um did anyone notice what Scott's drinking throughout this movie? Uh, uh, Coke. zero <gasps> Yeah. Yeah, because you he's what? Drink. You don't drink. He's not uh, alcoholic. He's,
2: he's a zero.
0: Yes, because he's not an evil X; he is zero. Yeah. So you picked up on it. Uh,
3: um, oh, it there's I, a lot
0: of num- yeah, there's a lot of numerology going on behind the scenes that <laughs> you know, director and writer wanted to keep in here. <laughs> um, so we get introduced to Chris Evans, Lucas Lee. Wallace is stalking him. Knives is stalking Scott. Uh, there's going to be a Clash of head show, Knives is in love, but Scott says that they should break up. Scott moves on and shows that he knows the baseline from Final Fantasy 2. He's a douchebag. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's a bad breakup.
0: Yeah. Uh, band members think that Scott is a dick, but he made the right move. Ramona changes her hair color every week and a half. What was everyone's favorite Ramona hair color?
2: I like the blue. I was a blue man. I think I like the uh, the. What was the last one she had?
0: Green, green. like green. me. Yeah, I'm. I'm a. I'm a green boy.
2: I think there was something in between. That was like not quite. Blue. It blue, goes pink, blue, green. green. Oh, okay. Never mind. I guess it was green then. That's my favorite.
0: She's like yeah. a blue ring. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. At this point. Mary Elizabeth Winstead has a foot shot and they said specifically this foot oh shot my is for, God, feet. Well no, they said specifically they included this foot shot and Mary said herself that this Tarantino. is for
3: Quentin.
0: Yeah. She said <laughs> while filming this foot is for Quentin Tarantino nice. and they kept it in oh, the uh, movie.
1: <laughs> and that's how she got into death proof. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is she a death
2: proof? <laughs> she is. <laughs> I did watch that. I did watch that. Uh, but she was wearing, like, a stocking at this point, right? Or what was Bare uh, feet. Listen, a
0: foot is still a foot.
2: All right, fair enough.
0: <laughs> uh, young Neil takes over for Scott as he goes on another date with Ramona. They make garlic bread, which is, come on, bitch. You could cook better than garlic bread on your first date. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. Death Proof K- was three years before Scott Pilgrim. My, my mistake. Was she in it?
0: Yeah, Yeah, she was. What yeah. Oh, so she knew Quentin. So yeah. that's why she did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My bad. Interesting. Wow. And I thought that was like out of the blue. She's like, this one's for Quentin, but that's just another degree
1: from uh Mary
0: Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. She was really <laughs> in fucking everything. Very eclectic. Um, we get the bread makes you fat line. Scott's last haircut was before <laughs> his ex broke up with him like three hours before. And we walk over to Lee Castle, which is a real place. And I asked Mark at this point because he would probably know. Mark, what superhero film was filmed at the actual Lee Castle? Oh,
1: man, is it one of the current Marvel Cinematic Universe movies?
0: I don't know if this is Marvel. I'm not that much of a comic book fan. Well, give me a hint. Hugh Jackman.
1: All right. Oh. Well, that, that right. <laughs> so Fox. We're, we're doing Fox territory here. Um.
2: So wait, was it filmed at the same time or just at the same set?
0: At the same set. Okay. Man. Where wanna... do you see Castle and Hugh Jackman in the same movie?
1: I want to say X to X-Men United.
0: Yes, this is true. Wow! <laughs> yeah, so the original X-Men series movie was filmed at this location because Lucas Lee, uh, not Lucas Lee, Lee Castle looks like an actual castle.
1: Wait, did I get the actual movie though right? Was Or... Uh, or,
0: or... I don't fucking know. I have down X Men.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, that's very specific.
0: Yeah. Um. So Ramona and Scott go for a walk, and they stumble upon a Lucas Lee set. And Adam McKeller, actual Canadian director royalty, is playing the director in this scene. Nice. So that's really interesting. He directed the Last Night. If you're familiar with that,
2: Transformers. <laughs> no, not not
0: the last night. Yeah, Hold Transformers,
2: on. the last night.
0: N i g h t, not K.
2: Oh, not the last Knight.
1: No, give me a second. It's a TV series, or was it the '80s movie? Yes.
0: So Matt, how you doing? While Mark looks, up. You're doing uh, all right. There's like some a 1983
1: thing? movie, The Last Night. Two psychos escape from a maximum security wing of. <laughs> Broad, Broadmoor Prison and sneak into the back door in a theater to hide away from the performance of a stage play titled Murder in the Dark stages its final night. Ooh. Director Michael J. Murphy.
0: No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, 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 you, you said The Last Night as an N I G H T. Yeah, right?
0: that's what I have down. Maybe he did a, a newer version.
1: There's The Last Night in, The Last Night TV series. Maybe it's the TV. I don't oh, know. Oh, la- Ultima Noche? (laughs) Perhaps. Uh, It was in 2005, so five years before Scott Pilgrim. Uh, Let's see. Director was Alejandro uh, uh, Gamboa. (laughs) Why don't you look up Don McKellar instead? (laughs) Don McKellar.
2: This is going to end up being a short film.
1: Dom. Mm, How do you spell McKellar? M-C-K-E-L-L-E-R. M-C-K-E...
0: L-L-E-R. You said Dom, right? As in uh, D-L-M. Dom, as in, like, not a sub, but a
2: Dom. Ugh, so we're through, like, one evil X, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not coming up. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> All right, well, I've got, like, six more pages of notes. So Ramona reveals that she used to date Lucas Lee. Lee casually beats up Scott versus the stunt doubles, inspired by Jackie Chan. Scott beats them and struggles against Lucas, using his brains challenges Lucas to... Uh, grind down a rail, Tony Hawk pro skater style.
2: To do a thingy.
0: <laughs> Can you do
1: that grind thingy down that rail thingy? This, this might be my favorite performance in the movie. To be honest, yeah, it's, it's really uh, good. Uh, Chris Evans here. Well, like, like I, 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 Chris Evans knows exactly what kind of role he's playing for any movie, even if it's like really douchey. You know, <laughs> what like that movie, What's Your Number with Anna Faris like
2: that, that that's i'm familiar just, with it
1: oh it's it's just a dumb comedy and it's very <laughs> very skippable but uh you know like it, that, that's just like kind of movie where it's like eh, yeah you know what kind of movie you're doing here but like here it's like the eyebrows really sell it. it's just his <laughs> he, he he. there's a line here where like where his uh his stunt doubles are beating up scott and he, he gets like a message on his phone and he goes <laughs> that's actually hilarious and then oh, he yeah. puts his phone, phone away sips his coffee just goes Hilarious! <laughs> I don't know. There's something about that delivery. I just I, I, I found really comical. Yeah,
2: you know, he's really good. He shines here. Mm-hmm. It's. Yeah. I even have a hard time picturing him as Captain America, which is you know we've been seeing him in that role for years now. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It would yeah. only be like a year later, I think.
2: Yeah, uh, same year, uh, maybe a year. And later.
1: he sold his soul, a la insane clown posse. It was the last year <laughs> right before Avengers, so. Or yeah. last
2: film right before Avengers came right. out, right? Yes, yeah. So I think uh, I don't fucking know. I think, most <laughs> yeah. but anyway, he just like literally just his uh, his makeup or his face here, his facial hair. Mm-hmm. He really looks the part. His facial expressions just really sell it. Like I mm-hmm. could not picture Captain America being this guy, and I could not picture this guy being Captain America. They they yeah. feel like two completely different people. So, That's just. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, goes to prove his acting prowess.
0: Mm. I mentioned this during the viewing, but did anyone pick up on the 309 uh, KPH that happened here? What movie significance does that have?
1: 309 KPH.
2: I don't know what the hell that means. Sounds like a Marty! license. Marty! We gotta ah. reach
0: 309 gigawatts per hour! Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's back to the future, you bitches. <laughs> yes. No, I got it. <laughs> and he explodes into coins, and Lucas Lee is actually based on the skater Jason Lee.
3: Huh. Okay.
1: Yeah, that makes, that makes
0: sense. Anyone into skateboarding? <laughs> no, that, that,
1: that, he was in like the kind of, um, oh man, I'm trying to think that, like, Ben Marjera's brother, who, who had a yeah that, uh, they they always did like skateboard music videos for it. and You no, know you're of, right. Cause I used of, to watch those shits. He was part, he was part of that scene for a while, and that's when his like his movie career kind of like kind of picked up. I
0: think it was right after
1: Mallrats came out too.
0: Yep, yep, yep. hmm <sighs> uh, so um Lee is defeated and on Ramona's phone number we get seven X's, which are not kisses, which I loved. Mm-hmm. And originally in this movie, they wanted to have a nice ex by the name of Philip, who would just show up in the background and go, hi, I'm Philip. <laughs> the nice <laughs> ex. Uh,
3: kind of
1: okay, like Deadpool 39. when uh, the yeah. guy jumps out of the plane. Dead- or Deadpool <laughs> tool.
0: 2. Uh, we also get mention of the L word, lesbians. Wallace needs Scott to move out. Knives is outside and jumps out the window. <laughs> <laughs> so Knives comes to visit, and then Michael Sarah's body cadaver <laughs> jumps through a window, and I love this scene.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you see him, like, skate off in the background, too, as she goes like,
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Envy calls and finds out that Scott is dating Ramona, and next we are introduced to Mae Whitman, who plays an uh, ex-ninja girl, Roxy Richter.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and herself. <laughs>
0: oh, I, I love her so much. I think she's got so many one-liners in this movie. I wish there was more female exes because her <laughs> opening line is like, "You punched me in the boob." <laughs> Wait,
1: uh, Matt, you you had referenced that like, she's in uh, Parks and Rec. I I missed like one no, character? Uh,
2: Arrested Development.
1: Arrested Development. Oh, Sorry.
2: yeah, she played she? Michael Sarah's girlfriend there. That's, ironically,
1: okay, yeah, what? yeah, that's coming back to me now.
2: Yeah, wow, she plays egg. She's uh, a <laughs> she must a man funny. egg. <laughs> that's
0: man egg.
2: Yeah, indeed,
1: It's very good. I like. I that. didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. Uh, we have another X Men reference here too. When yeah, um, earlier uh, in the uh, uh, when we we're discovering the, the seven e- evil X's, right before she pops in the frame here, uh, he rips off a, a patch on his arm that has a, a, an, X, uh, an X symbol on it. Yeah, that's actually, the X Men logo. Yeah, uh, and that that's actually referenced uh, from the graphic novel as well too. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought it was like a nice detail to leave in there. Nice. Because like he, had, he had actually had that on his jacket. So
0: I like that. Uh, speaking of uh, details, a lot of the exes have details on them. So, so far we had uh, Patel and he had like one epaulette on his shoulder. Did anyone notice anything special about Lucas Lee? Oh,
3: no. Hmm. Nope.
0: So he, he has this, I forget what it is. It's like a tie. Uh, number two on his neck as a tattoo.
2: Okay, I that. so, That's so somewhat ringing a bell. I think it's when like, you. It's just two straight lines or something.
0: No, it, it kind of looks like a two, and two straight lines is his logo on his skateboard. But oh. every X has something visual about them that signifies what number X they are.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I
0: well, like the
1: obvious one comes up next with our with our next evil X. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Does it? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Quite obvious. So Roxy Richter will return later. Julie curses Scott out. And eventually they were decided that this is how Scott actually sees the world. So when Julie is cursing him out, it's like Scott bleeps out all the negatives in his lives and just goes Mm -hmm. about his daily life.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Ramona emerges, and so does Envy in front of her poster. Envy Haynes... Uh, sorry, Emily Haynes of Metric served as a drawing inspiration for Envy Adams. Hmm. And Amy Bowles of Pony de Look is just based on like her, too. So like he combined these two characters into an actual character. And Clash is playing the palace. Envy was into Todd. Ramona dated a Todd once. And... <laughs> We don't get any more than that. And eventually these two go back, you know, Scott and Ramona go back to, to go to bed and we get the scene like you didn't bang her. Are you gay?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's from other Scott.
0: Yeah, man. Wallace is getting around. Uh, mm-hmm. Envy asks a bomb to open for them. And we get stalker knives, chow. And one of my favorite shots of the movie where knives is outside the window, <laughs> just pressed against the glass. <laughs> I love it so yeah. much. Um, Lee's Palace is a real place that bands used to perform. In fact, the background set dressers were so convincing when doing the set that one of the extras peed in a non-functioning toilet. Oh. oh. Yeah. Um, so we find out that Scott is dating Ramona and Knives does that and she dyes her hair to match the comical scene and that fat bitch is dating my Scott!
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah this is a good uh good montage scene here
0: yeah and she starts dating young neil as revenge and then at the bar we get the line which was an actual wheel that was spun this was an actual prop where it lands between like i gotta pee and i gotta convince her and it's like mm-hmm. i gotta pee on her
2: yeah. wow, so they, wait what do you mean it's an actual wheel
0: it was an actual prop that they made
2: they've huh
0: they made that wheel
2: but it feels. like... What about how it spins? Is that was that digitized at all? Because it no, it, looks it was actual. It,
0: it was actually spun, Matt.
2: Mm. But how
1: they get it to land though, like am spe- specifically
2: in a I think they
0: just did it as many times as they needed.
2: Okay. Mm. I'm skeptical, <laughs> but all well, right.
0: That, that's what the director's commentary told me, Matt. All right. All and you right. believe him? John? Are you gonna? Are you gonna blame Mr. Wright? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that's not wrong.
0: Yeah. Um, Ramona and Knives confront Scott. Scott is stunned to see Knives look like Ramona with the same dyed hair. Originally in the scene, so throughout the movie, they are going to have flashes of Nega Scott that were built into the movie mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. delete scene. So whenever Scott's like looking into a mirror, he would see Nega Scott, but it was taken out in the final reel.
2: Yeah, I think that's better. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I don't know. I think it would have worked okay either way because they were only like literally 30 second scenes. So,
2: yeah. But I, I think, think it's it, so anticlimactic at the end that if you yeah. were to like build up to it, it would have been like Game of Thrones season eight.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think having the uh kind of the comical factor of having it only play once and then coming back right at the tail end of the film, I was like, yeah, it's funnier, especially when they say it out loud. It's like, it's Negus Scott.
0: Negus
3: Scott.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we have the best part of the movie, Envy slash Brie Larson, who was a, a professional singer singing Metric's Black Sheep.
3: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Metric is the inspiration for the film's band The Clash of Demonhead and contributed to the song Black Sheep to the film by request of Godrich. The clothing, performance, and style of Metric's lead singer, Emily Haynes, is also, also the basis for lead singer of The Clash of Demonhead, Envy Adams. Brie Larson's who who portrays Envy Adams said she had no idea her body could move that way when talking about her stage performance of the UK premiere uh, the music journalist Janelle Sheets wrote that Larson's performance is similar to Haynes but with an attitude appropriate to Envy Adams
1: nice. I would like I would the scene a lot better if uh, Matt Damon had come out at first from his character from Eurotrip and he's saying Scotty doesn't know <laughs> <laughs> Scotty doesn't know Scotty doesn't know wow. Fiona and me. Throwback. <laughs> that, hey, listen, that, that it's uh, it's weirdly relevant. <laughs> Scotty doesn't know that Fiona and me do it in my van every Sunday. <laughs> it's so weird. It's ahead of the time. Yeah, Fiona um, Scott.
3: Hmm?
2: Mm? <laughs> uh, Brie Larson, she's good here. This, and is. this is our second uh, second Marvel captain in the movie. Yeah, or Captain My Captain. Out.
0: This is true.
2: Yeah.
1: Who knew? Uh, Who knew they got the Disney bug? It's really I heard great. her
0: live vocals, and they're not that good, but I love... Really? This is my favorite part of the movie.
1: Oh, that's sad. Pre-recorded if, music will do that. We'll well,
0: if you want to hear bad live vocals, tune into the intro of this episode, because... <laughs> man, I recorded some bad live vocals. <laughs> <laughs> But that's just me. Um Ruth, who plays not Ruth, it's R-O-U-T-H, I think that's his last name, who plays Todd uh, as the Clash of Demon Heads bass player. Todd Ingram said that he can play Black Sheep really well, and it took him four months to learn how to play the bass. Wow. Yeah. Oh, well, how'd you pronounce his name? Uh Ruth. R O U T H.
1: Brendan Ralph. Ralph? Ralph, yeah.
0: Huh. What else is he in?
2: I thought it was Ruth. Uh, uh, no, I thought it was Ralph.
1: Yeah, he, uh, Superman Returns. Uh, everything, nerd everything movies. Everything CW related. Yeah, he, oh. he,
2: he was in Chuck for a good while.
1: Um, Ew, there was. Hey, a, that's uh, a good show. Oh man, there was a, there was an actual like kind of like uh, kind of good movie that's kind of like slasher esque that has uh, Mimi Siku in it. <laughs> Who? <laughs> if you watch Jungle the Jungle, you know what I'm talking about.
0: I I watched Jungle to Jungle, but about fifty years ago.
1: <laughs> I,
0: uh, the movie, escapes
1: me, but uh, I'll I'll look it up. But continue.
0: All right. So, how do you say his name? Brendan
1: Ralph. Ralph. We, we could just call him Todd for for simplicity's <laughs> sake.
0: So, as a nerd or as two nerds, you may have noticed that Ralph was wearing a Punisher logo T-shirt, mm-hmm. and this is actually a logo approved by Brian O'Leese <laughs> O'Malley. <laughs> Fucking shits!
2: Uh, um, I'll give you a pass.
0: He redesigned the logo, and Marvel approved it for him for this movie. Hey, wow. yeah.
1: Uh, oh, actually, something to point out here. Uh, I picked up on that in in an earlier scene. Scott comes out in a shirt with a smaller skull on. Yeah, we see, uh, we see Todd here with uh, with the the larger Punisher sh- uh, shirt on. Maybe to add a little bit more of like the more masculine side of him and that's why maybe envy kind of uh kind of gravitates to him a little bit more maybe know, i don't know maybe but I, I, I like the parallels here
0: he also came out in the sars t-shirt so <laughs> yeah uh it well, was uh, a weird one <laughs> it was um
1: clashing zach amir He i forgot he was in that <laughs> Huh.
0: We find we find out that Todd and Mark Larson dated. Black Sheep.
1: <laughs> it was a video uh, short. Oh, here! This is the movie I was talking about. Dylan Dog, Dead by Dead of Night. Oh, nope, well, never heard I'm of sure that. many people have seen that movie, Mark. I, you know, it was it came and it went. Um,
3: <laughs>
1: should, I, should I continue? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He was in in Vixen. I'll stop.
0: uh, Todd and Ramona have dated. (laughs) At the time of release, Brian was only through three of the six volumes of his graphic novel. Todd punches knives and the highlights fall out of her hair, which is a funny scene. (laughs) But Todd turns out to have vegan superpowers. He's not not afraid to hit a girl. Yeah. Because he's a rock star. (laughs) we get you cocky cock (laughs) and we find out that vegan superpowers come from uh, their mind not filling up with curds and whey Mm -hmm. we also learn that Ramona has dabbled in being a bitch and we get the boss battle slash base battle going on which is a great effect in this movie with the cups flying and everyone flying themselves
1: I do like the (laughs) shot here I said it while we were watching it but like as the, the baseball's about to start we have um, Todd floating in here, but like it's just a shot of his legs first, kind of like dangling. And that got Mark going.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't.
1: I, 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 I kind of, I don't know. It was just like a a, a simple gag that that just uh, had me, you no, know, in a fit of laughs.
2: Yeah, I got to uh, say that was the best pair of floating legs I've seen since the opening scene of Chernobyl. Oh,
0: oh <laughs> my god! Yikes. <laughs> <clears throat> um there's another gag in this scene so since uh, todd uses psychic powers you can actually listen closer to the soundtrack since uh, it was blasting through my headphones at the time <laughs> and you can hear three subsequent doors unlock before he steps through the last door and that's actually on the soundtrack so that's very interesting that they included that in <laughs> <laughs> for any reason
3: <laughs>
0: uh. yep uh, Scott tricks Todd into drinking half and half then summons the vegan police who stripped Todd of his powers and we get the <laughs> iconic line chicken isn't vegan
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great and the, and the setup to it is really good too
0: yeah and, all
2: around.
0: and Mark what's your favorite line <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I not do. that line
2: oh I do love that
1: what is my
0: favorite line vegan
2: oh.
1: I don't think that was my favorite line
0: what do you mean? You said know, it was your you're... favorite line.
1: No, no, no. no. I, I, like what I was quoting was I like them. Like...
0: No, no. I,
1: I, I, think it's a good line. It's funny, but uh, I, I, I've quoted this numerous times back in the day. Where like me, a bunch of friends who who favored this movie would quote just like how the vegan police exit. And uh, <laughs> also, this is another Punisher reference here because we have. Um... Oh man, I'm trying to give me a hot second here this is a uh... oh boy give me oh i know who this is <laughs> oh i know who this is <laughs> who thomas, is that thomas jane thomas jane is one of the uh, uh... thomas jane he, he, he was uh, the punisher in i think the 2002 punisher movie with sure, interesting so, so yeah so it's, it's funny to have like have brandon roth who's wearing the you know punisher t-shirt be killed by the punisher Ah,
2: uh-huh. so, and it's good
1: it feels almost intentional that uh, the way they did that there but Definitely. I like
2: it, I think it shades him more as like a poser
1: yeah but uh, I just like the way that the end, they, they they exit here and they just high five in slow motion and they just go
3: yeah
2: <laughs> I agree I just, uh, that image has always stuck with me I was like I hadn't seen this movie in quite a few years so while that scene was playing out I was like I'm pretty sure this happens <laughs> and like a few seconds rolled by and they hadn't gotten to formation yet. So I was like, maybe I'm thinking of a different movie. And then there we go. They yeah. they gallop and and high five. It, it <laughs> feels very like uh like Shaun of the Dead or or like that duo of uh, Nick mm-hmm. Frost and Simon Pegg.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised they wouldn't have made a cameo here. To be honest, that's true.
2: They definitely could have played. The how
1: they are with uh, Edgar Wright.
2: Yeah, that would have been good. I mm-hmm. guess they were busy.
0: Yeah. Well, the line I wanted to mention was vegan. gone." It's time to <laughs> be gone. Ah, uh, yes. And Scott Envy slash Natalie leave on actually okay terms, and I was okay with that. I yeah. thought that was okay.
2: That was sweet.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think though, my daughter, like, oh, sorry.
2: Yeah, you know, even though he killed her boyfriend in cold blood.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he that they instigated it though. That's what yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to <laughs> emphasize here is like he's not bringing this on himself. They're, I don't know if he they instigated they're, it. I think he's just there. Like if he would have ignored them, they would have been fine with it. Yeah, but there are the League of Evil Exes. He like they're and coming. They're coming to attack him for the right for, to some of the fates of uh, Fiona's uh, love life.
0: Fiona, <laughs> Princess Fiona.
2: Fiona. He could have. He could have spared him. You know, done that. Little noble oh, thing oh, where he has them like right, uh, right, yeah, here Fiona said on the
1: bus. Fiona said, on Ramona. The bus. Ramona, 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 fight. <laughs> wow, uh, Ramona <laughs> had to say, like, defeat, not fight. De- you have to defeat my exes, yeah, but kill. he could
0: have just had a, a normal conversation with them.
1: No, no, defeat,
2: yeah, but whatever. Murder is a casual thing in this universe. <laughs>
0: Um, so we arrive at the after party that the director wanted to make it feel like the party that you know you shouldn't go to, but you go anyway. And we get some backstory on Kim Very Loose that Scott uh, is shows in the background or the graphic novel. Scott and Ramona on ice and they're fighting in public. Ramona is not meant to be portrayed as a bad person and her exes use her as an excuse to be evil. So it's almost like Ramona is at the crux of this situation going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Roxy jumps in We get the By Furious line We get a great fight scene Uh, Scott can't hit girls So Ramona fights with him slash against Roxy Uh, She pulls Uh, a giant
1: mallet out of her 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 little fanny pack Yeah
0: Yeah, we get this Amy Rose Versus Ivy from Street Fighter Not Street Fighter Soul Calibur sorry Mm. And uh, some video game references going on here Yeah I'm
1: not much of a Soul Calibur Person myself
0: Soul Calibur Two
2: like some soul caliber.
1: I played four just so I can play as Darth Vader and Yoda. Of course you did.
2: (laughs) Uh, or as Link.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's Soul Caliber? Two Yeah, and that's why you played two. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yoshimitsu (laughs) (laughs) Who? (sighs) Um so they defeat Roxy by making her experience an orgasm because Ramona knows in her past Whenever <laughs> uh, sexual you were experience. Yeah, out. behind the knee. What? This is
1: actually uh, an alternate version of uh, how it was in the graphic novel, where it was instead of this being Roxy, this was actually uh, Envy because that, that this the, the, in an earlier fight where Envy gets kind of in the mix. Uh, scott hits her weak point and she gets all flustered <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. uh, I, I like the liberties taken here and like kind of changing that around
2: yeah, yeah. i agree
0: they get strong uh they defeat roxy and ramona and scott should split and she says ramona tells scott that he's just another evil ex waiting to happen which mm-hmm. is a very powerful line kind of a blow uh, blow, blow yeah well at this point scott is wearing a four and a half shirt and this is meant to show that he's like a half of an evil ex waiting oh, to wow. happen and that it's scott going to the dark side for the rest of the movie
2: i like that hmm. yeah because mm-hmm. uh, i i don't know i think it's about time he got his comeuppance
0: yeah uh he gets a list of ramona's exes and the next are the Katayanagi twins and fortunately enough they are next in the battle of the bands and boy these they are out
1: characters
0: Oh, I wish they were. They're they're better in the graphic <laughs> novels, slightly.
1: Yeah, not too much. Uh, yeah, just not ro- they're like robotics people, basically. Yeah. And that's about it.
0: Yeah. They're techno twin DJs. Scott gets pissed as the bands go amp versus amp on stage at the same time. Ramona's in the audience with Gideon, who happens to be a producer, and we get the classic uh Gorilla versus Dragons.
1: <laughs> you mean gorilla <laughs> versus bear?
0: Well, <laughs> No, in the the manga, it's Robots versus Mechs in the graphic novels.
1: I I thought Matt would pick up on the reference.
2: Yeah, the (laughs) indie music website.
0: (laughs) Ah, there you go. (laughs) Uh, Scott gets a life for defeating the twins slash getting more points. And this is the point where the movie veers from most of the graphic novels known uh, at this point. So it, it doesn't end exactly the same. Maybe Mark can update us a little bit as we go through, but it doesn't match up.
1: It's you know it's it's a little bit of a depressing turn. I mean, it kind it kind of goes in this kind of way. Um, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. You know that the band kind of uh, X's out Scott. He he goes into a kind of depressing phase and like he's trying to avoid it all. But like Wallace and friends are trying to like pull him back into the frame. Where it's like you gotta you gotta fight for her. You gotta fight for uh, for uh, Ramona. You know. Yeah. Or uh, you just you, you got to get out of the slum, you know. That's yeah. that's, that's pretty much the crux of it. It's it's
0: almost verbatim, but uh, yeah.
3: Hmm. Mm. Uh,
0: Knives is at that concert too. When Scott leaves her, we get this sad, depressing montage where he suggests that he's in lesbians with Ramona. Ramona breaks up at Gideon's Ooh. request, and, and Gideon for
2: this. Oh, man, when he's uh, leaving the venue and he yeah. encounters Knives. Oof, the song that plays in the background, that broken social scene, anthems of a 17-year-old girl. There you it's go. Heartbreaking. And
0: Knives is 17!
2: I know, that song. Oh, man, it, it's devastating already, just listening to it on the album and then contextualizing it like this. oh I, That's my favorite broken social scene song. Like, hands yeah. down, and I think the it's the same for many people.
0: Oof, mm. love it. Uh, Gideon signed Sex Babum for a record deal. Steven pisses his pants. Um, Phantom of the Paradise and Valley of the Dolls inspired Jason Schwartzman as Gideon for this movie. So those are two movies of mine that maybe we'll eventually watch on this podcast. Who knows if we'll ever see each other again. I, I don't know.
1: I, I, I've already commented on this, but I think Jason, Jason Schwartzman's kind of playing like the same character he usually plays in movies. And like this yeah. kind of like swarmy, kind of like know-it-all, kind of nerdy
0: kind of guy funny that you say that because edgar wright actually wanted him to play more dickish because in the original cut he came across as too nice and the audience (laughs) loved him
2: wow (laughs) that's really interesting i mean
0: that's what you kind of want
1: you want you kind of want like a likable villain though at the same time (laughs) yeah but if he's more likable than scott (laughs) yeah yeah i mean that's that has happened before in films hasn't it uh (laughs) you you (laughs) kind of root for the villain more than the hero somewhere Uh, closer
0: uh, to the end basically yeah i guess i suppose Uh, i
1: don't know about that like Uh, i mean the villains always get better costumes
0: and better songs so
1: i mean i can't say for like this movie or at least the final cut of it but like i don't know i i i I failed to find an example of it but i'm sure it's happened before yeah but uh i do like this uh when when it comes up here because he he sees um uh ramona right outside and as he pulls up and this is when i made the reference earlier when the the rolling stones have a song here and mm-hmm. it has uh, under my thumb so it's like right as like she's about to break up with scott here and and uh so it's kind of cute or it's like yeah it's like i, I got Ram- i got ramona you don't you know i'm mm-hmm. just you know I, I i got her like under under my spell basically
2: yeah. <laughs> so. and it's 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 even more literal than that because you find out later that she is being <laughs> controlled by him. Exactly. Which yeah, fits in ties into the song pretty neatly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, young Neil takes over for Scott. We get the Ramona song Reprise. Scott walks along and thinks, and Stacy slash Anna Kendrick shows up to comfort Scott as a big sister role. So, <laughs> as I said, this is based on Brian's actual big sister so that that's kind of heartfelt there i enjoy that it it is
1: described in the graphic novel a little bit more too with stacy where it's like like she's literally scott's best friend too and like like and this is actually a line that's pulled right from it where it's like maybe uh you don't date uh seven uh, 11 evil exes yeah down the line and uh yeah she's she's doing a good job here being like a supportive like you know younger sister and older uh, she's older no she's younger no she's older she's supposed to be younger in the movie she's older i didn't yeah, pick she, up on that she
2: does say little brother
1: well she says that but like that's even made reference in the graphic novel as well too mm. um where it's like oh it's like is it like aren't you like four years younger and then she like says like something like shut up or something like that uh, because she she she's much more mature than uh than scott, scott here. Right. so she acts more of like the supportive older sibling here
3: mm.
2: Yeah, I think she nails it, or I think this okay. scene nails it. it. You know, it is heartfelt in the beginning, but then um, she completely like undercuts it, undercuts the 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 warmth of it, but in a, in a funny, effective way when she answers yeah. the phone call.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, Gideon calls Scott and torments him with Ramona. Scott gets pissed, and Wallace advises Scott to finish him. Uh, We then get the new Chaos Theater, which is a reference to classic Nintendo game, Earthbound. Baby!
2: (laughs) Still gotta play that shit.
0: Oh, the best (laughs) video game of all time. I I love Earthbound. play it
2: before we get Mother 3.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Don't torment me. And the (laughs) Sexpa Bombs have sold out. Even their song is about, like, selling out isn't fun. I don't like selling out. And (laughs) it's very funny. Uh, Scott fights and earns the power of love, a sword that he pulls out of his chest gideon is winning before knife shows up not to help but to fight ramona instead scott t- stops the pair from fighting and needs to take the blame scott then is stabbed through the chest by gideon and goes to the interdimensional space highway where ramona is also there ramona reveals that she's obsessed with gideon who is literally getting into her head mind controlling her which i think is revealed more in the graphic novel if i'm not mistaken
1: uh i mean it's it's pretty much almost on par. If ah. uh, I'm looking at the actual panel right now, as she's kind of like <laughs> zooming in here, but uh, yeah, um, because uh, yeah, yeah, because it's it's made a little bit more clear earlier in the film too. Yeah, where uh, she's kind of rubbing her neck the whole time. Uh, yeah. she feels uncomfortable. Mm. But uh, yeah, the the graphic novel uh, slightly different, but yeah, it's 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 totally fine here. Mm.
0: Uh, Scott uses his extra life and redoes everything the right way. Leaves his band and Kim on good terms and fights for himself. He obtains the power of self-respect. Uh, this was originally going to have a Mecha Gideon segment, a la Ganon from the Legend of Zelda: Orc Arena of Time, where he grows big and fights Scott. And calling that, calling back to that, you always have to defeat the final boss twice in a video game.
1: <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, I, I want to comment a little bit uh, on Sex but Mom's outfits here uh, for yeah. a second because uh, they're actually wearing the same outfits that they wear earlier. I think around Volume Three uh, of the book, and uh, Scott would would actually be wearing what uh, Young Neil would be wearing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, Kim here is uh, wearing like a, a Lo- Lolita uh, style dress as well. It's, yeah. e- it's even described that same way in the in the graphic novel. <laughs> Oh, so it's a. Uh, I, I I like that. I like all this little attention to detail that's that's really pulled from the book. That's even like spread out across the film here.
0: Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. So on the second go around, he makes up with knives and Ramona, and they're back in sync again. He defeats Gideon by uppercutting him. When uh, Gideon responds by hitting Ramona, and we get bad, bad. <laughs> <laughs> And this was actually done in reshots. I think the film had to be um, called back some of the actors to do some reshoots for this film. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I like that that bad thing. It's a little too heavy handed, I think. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I like how they bring in the dance elements later on, like a or well, immediately later with uh, a yeah. Scott.
0: Uh, then after all seems to be well, Nick Scott appears. This is the evil version of Scott. And we think as an audience that they're going to fight, but they just talk it out. Scott <laughs> is going to get a haircut. Knives tells Scott to go after Ramona. You've been fighting for her the whole time. And Scott and Ramona walk off into the unknown and we get continue. Uh, the original ending of the film was going to have Scott go with knives instead in a pretty in pink style ending. Uh, slash reverse pretty in pink style and they reshot the endings jj abrams liked the knives ending but felt like it was disempowering of knives as character herself
1: yeah. who would be ducky be in weird. situation
0: uh ducky well wouldn't
1: ducky be the knives i think ducky would be knives that means yeah. ducky would, would would wind up with something different It wouldn't line up with uh the lead well that's why they said reverse
0: pretty and pink
1: oh reverse pretty pink. okay sorry yeah.
0: i misheard you yeah
2: I think in the Just, graphic novel he ends up with knives, right? He does. I don't
0: remember. Does
1: he? Oh wait, hold on. Sorry, uh, I think I misspoke. No, he winds up with the uh, Ramona. Uh,
0: yeah, he winds up with Ramona. And there was an <laughs> ending where Scott goes off alone without either. Hmm. Hmm. There's many endings to this film. Yeah,
2: I, I think they went with the right one. I, can but, see. Uh, I, it. I do wish they they pushed a little more into the. Uh, Knives' character's development Mm.
0: yeah I feel the same too I feel like they went with the right ending choice but the the Knives one's pretty good like it it feels alright and you know they're playing video games slash DDR again (laughs) and we get to continue there and I like Knives as a character a lot I think she's underappreciated in this film I think she's done wrong done dirty yeah
2: She's basically uh, and, pulled out of like um, that kind of innocent love that she had, and is now like forced to. Uh, she's just put in a bad position for so much. Yeah. She survives it.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I, I think in one of um, uh, towards the end, I think of the uh, uh, of the graphic novel, Stephen Stills ends up in a in a gay relationship with. Oh a, yeah, he's gay. You know, One of uh, Kim's roommates, yeah, 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 one of his uh, previous flames, who uh, 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 Aubrey Plaza here, (laughs) Julia, uh, they were like keep on on again, off again, but then he just kind of develops feelings for um, the guy who's kind of cutting the music for their album, or their yeah, (laughs) so a little bit of humor there.
0: Oh, and we get our our sad ending with continue, but it's good. I don't know. It's, you yeah. know, it's up in the air. I think Ramona's better than Scott. I think she deserves better. Oh, of okay. course.
2: But I think he'll get there. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's, it's a of
1: experience.
0: Yeah. I
1: suppose. Well, they, they've both been through, through some shit. They both like uh, hurt and loved people.
3: Hmm.
2: Yeah. That's what made me uh, and April think this was a little more like Manic Pixie Dream Girl than it should have been. <sighs>
0: That's Mary Elizabeth Winstead's, like, uh, typecast. She's Manic Pixie Dream Girl.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Same with uh, Eternal Sunshine. Yeah? Yep.
0: Fuck. (laughs) Any final thoughts?
2: Even that was also kind of smart with how it handled it. But, uh yeah all right final thoughts i don't know
0: flash pizza rating oh matt i I forgot to tell you i just recalled in this podcast we didn't do an opening for a last episode
2: i just posted that shit yeah i know for lars i realized that i had something in mind but then i I was like whatever
0: i'm sorry I was, say, bad. I was gonna
1: say where it's like oh like uh did the john do the intro this time for <laughs> because we we were a little bit late on the last one no i just fucking forgot and posted it and
0: didn't remember uh, till now
2: no like I, I i had an idea but like i hadn't written anything or you know recorded anything uh, so if i had i would have uh hunted you down and made you add it
0: well sorry i
2: don't, I don't, I don't think our audience uh, miss misses it much.
0: 175 in Japan. We've got to include
1: those openings. How do you know it's Japan? How do you know it's not worldwide? It's Japan. That's
0: what I got from my email.
2: <laughs> Just Japan.
0: Just Japan.
2: I don't know where. Everywhere else. So, but but what's anime in Japan? It's got to be high.
0: <laughs> it's got to be it's got to be fire in Japan. I don't know. I didn't get anything.
2: That's so weird.
1: That is weird. I know you can't check the ratings, can't you? I don't. You, you don't just get an email. I think you just like look like like. Okay, um, we go gotta scroll yet. pretty
2: far to get to one seventy five.
0: You can check the ratings. I've got a website. Listen, I got you.
2: iTunes podcast chart. Here we go. You did say iTunes, right? And not like. X- oh, it's
0: iTunes. No, it's iTunes for <laughs> good.
2: Uh, never mind. None of these look reliable.
0: Uh,
1: final maybe thoughts? Apple Podcast app. Don't you be looking!
0: I got it!
2: I don't know. Alright. Final thoughts. I mean, it's it's not flawless. I think I, I see a few more of its flaws, you know, now than I had before. I think on every rewatch, I, I kind of discover some things I would maybe improve on the film, but it, it's definitely hard. I think given the um setup that they had to go with the premise it's it's kind of it's a long epic journey and you can't really give everyone the characterization that they uh demand without making it like two and a half or three hours but what we got is definitely very solid i think it has a fairly broad audience appeal um i definitely would have liked to see more characterization for knives and, uh, and even Ramona a little bit. Um, Scott, I would have liked to see him taken down a peg sooner in the movie. Um, because he does have, you know, he has lots of friends that stick by him. He doesn't really, he has not lose them all that much. Uh, so I think maybe he could have had more of a reckoning there with like how his um, kind of ignorant... Uh, what's the word like insidiousness? Has affected, hubris,
3: yeah, ha-
2: has like affected the people around him. But um, but I mean, what we get is is fun. It's goofy. Occasionally, it's clunky. Some of the jokes that they have, some of the deliveries, it's clunky. But it's still like charmingly so. It's still admirably so. Hmm. And um, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. It's it is dazzling. The visuals are great. Um, it's fun trying to catch all the references and it it moves quick. Uh, it's solid. And the pacing is, uh, is very good. I, I, it doesn't feel like a long movie to me. It, it it feels about like one hour and 50 minutes, which I think is right. Uh, what it actually is, but I haven't seen it eight times in two weeks. So so (laughs) that's too many times. Um, yeah, I mean, it's great. Scott Pilgrim, I think they did the comic or the uh, graphic novel justice very much so. Edgar Wright's attention to detail and, um, you know, just his respect for the work that he's adapting uh, cannot be understated. And um, yeah, I don't think there was any anyone better to bring this to the screen. And that cast is, is godly like that. You don't see a cast like that. Um, Maybe once every 10 years, probably before this was Wet Hot American Summer. And uh, that was another, you know, underappreciated thing where everybody oh, became stars afterwards. But uh, anyway, I've gone on too long. I'm just going to rate this six point six 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 seven Evil X's out of 8.
0: Wow. Hmm.
1: Wow. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie um it was it was good seeing uh kind of final comparisons from the graphic novel having uh read it uh this past week and uh with the film in in tangent, but also seeing some of the other kind of uh kind of gags or even references you know like especially when pointing out the the punisher and the marvel films uh in general too which were even uh, a little like nicer comparison but uh even having a much more fresher take with it uh being years since uh, I last saw it was very nice. Um, yeah, it's 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 still up there. I, I think I I still think uh, it's, it's one of the best cast movies. I I I, I totally agree. Um, everyone's really on par. You know, very 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 well made film here. Funny. Love the soundtrack. Um, I think I will give it a. 6.5 pizza slices out of 8. Wow. Mhm.
0: Very nice. Hmm. Um as I said, you know, and as you all restated already, the soundtrack is amazing. I think this is one of the best cast movies that we've seen in a long time. I think it is an underappreciated gem. It's hilarious. I mean, I watched it 8 times in 2 weeks and <laughs> I survived to tell the tale. (laughs) I think it's great. I feel like it's bad that we're going to have to rate it this way. Not out of seven, but out of six, I feel like I'm going to give it six out of eight pizza slices. That it's a a great movie, but it's not there at seven. Give it another 10 years. Maybe we'll (laughs) be there. Maybe we'll be perfect again. But the video game references are done to a T. I think it's visually stunning. I think it's excellently directed what is there more to say? It's a, it's a great movie.
2: Mm-hmm. Definitely.
0: All right. Yeah. It's
2: a solid recommend from all of us. I, I don't know if there are people out there that haven't watched it, you know, if it's still underappreciated, but uh, if you haven't, please do. Yeah. Totally. Uh,
0: anywhere since we made it to the end of this episode, anywhere that our audiences can find us on the social media
1: uh you can find me over at uh
0: Zebro jr over on instagram or man who wears hats over on twitter uh you can find me jonathan gorkowski at losing my mind jk on instagram Drinking rejk jk on twitter you can follow my other podcast which follows some anime currently looking at saint Seiya. tomorrow uh at anime was not a mistake where most podcasts are served
2: <laughs> and you could find me uh um matt on duolingo i forgot what my username was so if you remember or if you know it please tell me but i'm gonna be trying to learn japanese to better serve our fan base you know <laughs> to take advantage of our newfound popularity there
0: arigato nippon <laughs> arigato go- gozaimasu
2: don't mr robato uh...
0: Who's got a hint? What's happening next? I don't know where I am.
1: I guess I'm next here on the are, block.
0: Yeah, I guess you are.
1: And I guess uh, we're still
2: social Netflixing. I guess yeah. we are. No, uh, we, no we, sign we, of descending. We,
1: we will be social Netflixing, uh, I assure you. <laughs> Those we, schools better close. <laughs> I, and I tell you, you know what? Me and Matt, we've been talking about spies. You know, oh, you know, no. All these weeks. No. <laughs> you know, uh,. I figure i bring up one of the best spy movies out there. No,
3: Ooh. please, God, no. Okay. And, uh,
1: I figure, I, figure I, uh, I end with a, a tagline for the movie, actually. Um, how do they solve a mystery when they don't have a clue?
0: <laughs> uh, uh, well,
1: <laughs> there you go. Good night.
2: <laughs> Sleep tight.
1: Don't the big bud
0: bite. All right, you bunch of movie-loving booze hounds. It's last call. You heard me last call. What do you mean? Who do you think you are? It's me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski Your resident nightcaps at the theater Co-host, bartender, movie podcast curator And pretentious cinema snob Nightcaps at the theater? Yeah, that's right Oh, you heard of it Well then, friend, let me top you off It's thanks to people like you That this little show of ours can make it Into the final reel week-to-week How else could Mark fund his Funko Pop addiction Or Mac create a new Internet handle every episode to avoid the FBI. We can't thank you lovelies enough, but why not keep the party going? Do you want to have a conversation on campy cult classics, question foreign flicks, or massacre movie monstrosities? Then look no further. Reach out to us on social media. You can follow our humble little podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Nightcap Cinema. And if you aren't listening to us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, whatever, and rating reviews, viewing and for goodness sake subscribing. Well then, we might have to tell Aunt Ida to put some Cha-Cha heels on to kick your ass. I think I talked your ear off enough though. But put that wall away. This last night is on us.